This is the XNC Podcast, your Xbox newscast featuring Cold Eastwood, hosting industry interviews and gaming talk live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. on the West Coast, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. For all of you listening around the world, XNC Podcast is available on demand on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the show. Join the chat, hit the like button, and let's get into this week's topics with the XNC Podcast live. How you doing? I'm Cole Eastwood, and it never fails every time I hit the live button for this show. I get a little bit nervous. I get super anxious. I get very excited. Today is really going to be a different and exciting show. I've got two new guests that are new to XNC. I've got one that's a super great close friend and another one that I can't wait to join the ranks of great people in this community that I can call a good acquaintance and a friend as well. I'm super excited to see everybody in the chat. We've got over 250 people here that are checking out the show. Like I said in the intro and the pre-recorded part of me, please hit the like button if you think you're going to have a good time. We've got a ton to talk about. It's going to be such a great show. It's going to be very Bethesda-focused and Xbox-exclusive-focused. So I'm super excited. First, got to announce and <laughs> welcome to the show, good friend of mine, the podcast extraordinaire, the one who everyone sees on every show. <laughs> This is the great, the nicest guy on the planet, Hargy Johnny. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the XNC podcast, bud. You usually say, I'm doing well enough every time yeah, I ask you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, well, this is it. You're. I'm so happy to have you. Um, <laughs> tell the audience, like where you came from, you know, what egg you hatched out <laughs> high atop a tree. Uh, what's your yeah. claim to fame? Tell them. Um, yeah, so I mean, I started. I've been watching like the the community uh, videos for quite a while, uh, but I started to actually interact in the chat uh, probably like what six eight months ago, something like that. It hasn't been too too long, and then suddenly I started to get more and more popular for some reason. So at some point, I was able to uh, get on a Xbox Live chat with with Colt, right, with you, and uh, and then I started catching up with the RDX folks, um, and then through there with Gaz, and now I'm in on Game on Daily, which is Gaz's, uh, you know, Gaz and Asa's um channel and and uh, uh website so yeah i've, I've been kind of growing up through the podcast ranks uh, i've been on the uh, attic show and uh and now i'm here <laughs> yeah i mean you're here it's amazing it's yeah. um <laughs> it, it really is like hargy stays invested in like all these great shows that we watch all these great podcasts and everyone sees him in the chat he's very active very supportive has a lot of really great funny uh chats and then he's got some really good points and just goes to show like there's so many great people and when i look at the chat over here all these names that i see yep. all the time uh, i wish i could read them out you know you got game punisher you've got jt gamer yodani kezada i've got happy bomb and yodani who are modding the chat and thank you so much i gotta get to i was nervous asking this guy to my show this i gotta welcome to to uh the ecstasy podcast this is a big bethesda and zenny max youtuber this guy digs into the very details further than most of us would dig about the games that are coming up what's in the works he's got over twenty-five 
thousand subscribers on YouTube with his no small feet. Let me tell you what, Skullsy, welcome to the XNC podcast. Hey, thank you very much. Awesome to be here. Looking forward to discussing uh, Xbox and, of course, uh, Bethesda. Uh, for those that don't know me, uh, Colt said it. I cover mostly Bethesda stuff, always trying to dig into new rumors and speculation. And uh, sometimes we find some interesting things, which we'll get into here on the show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on now. Come on. You can, you can be a little more energetic than that because like, this, is, this, is this is some cool stuff to be able to kind of talk to people here and there and build up these videos like really dive in so i'm really happy to have you here we're going to get into that like skullsy said thanks for everybody in the chat before we get rolling i gotta give a shout out to the channel member veterans ricky Valon, zenner white poochie wolf assassin to blue devario 2 gaming fault lines wreak havoc fox storytelling roddy coots gaz dark cmf Betamax, Dante Moody, Alex Wilson, Lord Starkiller, Robert Jackson, Gamer McFly, Assassin Lupa, Nano Polymyth, Suicide King, Yodana Quezada, Phil, KY Bob, William Lanza, and Matt Burns. Thank you so much. If you join the channel membership, as I do a, a commercial on my show, you will get custom emojis I drew, and you'll get your name highlighted in the chat, and it just makes you look amazingly elite. But now, for, for thank you so much for all your support. Over 400 people here checking out the show. We've got to talk about what's going on with these acquisitions. we got to talk about what in the heck is going on with the Bethesda and these games we're about to see. And we're going to talk about the Xbox Game Studios showcase with Bethesda as well. We've got a lot ahead of us. But i got to ask, before we get rolling, this is a gaming podcast. Hargi, what have you been playing the most right now? Uh, the most? Um, it's probably Halo. Um, so we do the community game night thing, and I think I ended up playing the most of that. Um, but I've also been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. I've been trying to get through that. I'm on like chapter four or five. I'm sure there's like 30 chapters. They're usually very, very long games. Uh, but yeah, so that's been the, the most of it. And then I've been playing a little bit of other uh, indie titles that are in Game Pass. Um, and then uh, on the Switch, I've started, I think about like a third of the way through that uh, new um, uh, Kirby game. So mm-hmm. playing yeah. that as well. <laughs> Nice, nice. I got a welcome to the chat and to the channel membership. Jose Linares, thank you. Welcome to Early Access, it says. He's got the Joanna Dark picture that I drew up. She's got the red hair just looking. I wish I had that kind of hair, but I don't. Uh, Welcome to the channel membership. Shout out to Sean LeBrie and my man Paris giving the eyeball emojis. We were having some fun with that this week. Uh, Paris is hilarious. Really good guy. I got to ask Skullsy. What what game has got you locked down right now? What are you playing? Well, you know, I recently got Game Pass, and Game Pass is just like having free access to an entire game store. So I've been going back and playing. Uh, like right now, I'm on No Man's Sky because I'm in that Starfield mood. I'm in that space exploration mood, and I started playing a little bit more Fallout 76 just because last time I played it, it was kind of buggy, and it's been a while, so I figured I'd try it again. But for the most part, I'm stuck on No Man's Sky. Uh, it's definitely a lot better than it was, and I'm trying to get my mind and like my uh, my gamer my gamer like hype uh, started up for Starfield here soon because we're like it's getting close. Uh, we're just what forty something days away from a gameplay reveal and less than two hundred <sighs> days away from the release date. So yeah, yep. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did. I actually loaded up No Man's Sky a couple weeks ago, and I'm so lost. And people, I get the comment once in a while. I know you probably get the comment in your videos like, is this going to be another No Man's Sky? Mm. We're going to dig into what is and what isn't Starfield and what Forum Dev is saying about that. Sweeping Vistas, thank you for the Australian $2. Says, happy uh, eyed 
I'll feed her. Oh, well, I mean, Hargy can say that. Hargy and Gaz. <laughs> Is that the eve of Ramadan? Which he maybe he just thinks that you yeah. do Ramadan, right? Uh, um, well, yeah. I, I don't, but Eve al Fitr, but yeah. <laughs> see, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sweet and Vista. Uh, Pucci, who's been a member for 12 months, says Hargy, Skolzy, Colt, ready for some Bethesda news and speculation. Speculation time. Can't wait for Starfield. Hit the like hands. button. <laughs> <laughs> the speculation ants. <laughs> uh, if you're gonna have a good time and you're having a good time right now, show your support by moving the chat out of the way. Just hit the like button, come right back. We'll still be here waiting for you. And uh Robert Jackson, thank you so much for the five dollars. Says Colt, nice lineup tonight. We talking lone wolves tonight. Yeah, the season two for Halo starts tomorrow or was it today? Hargeet, are you chomping at the bit? <laughs> um yeah i think it does start tomorrow right is that is that one it is the third i think that was the the date that mm-hmm. i remember uh i know people were, were ready to start it immediately um I, i'm okay with waiting till the weekend i know we're gonna have community game night and i'm, I'm happy that there's more maps uh it is kind of annoying to have the same map cycle um so mm-hmm. yeah it'd be great to get a, a couple of new maps wish there were more but you know we'll take the two wish that there was forge yeah yeah (laughs) exactly honestly that that would be really cool right at least we could start mucking with them and we can make Mm -hmm. some community maps it'd be kind of cool but yeah when it comes it comes you know it comes at some point it will it will just like co-op that'd be nice (laughs) (sighs) i don't even know if we'll get into halo today but i gotta give a shout out to gaming forte in the chat says welcome home bro so I, i spent the end of the week and part of the weekend with a couple people from xbox we might talk about that later if we have some time, but uh, very cool to be able to do that. And I'm super, super happy. But let's get into the topics. We got to start out by the absolute bomb. Last night, I was um, I was playing Xbox like super late. I should have gone to bed. And Special Nick from Xbox Era sent me a party invite. I'm like, okay, he doesn't invite me to parties too often. Something's up. And we just started talking for a few minutes. And right then, the news dropped, Skullsy, that Embracer had paid and bought Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix, Square Enix Montreal. Tell me what you know about this. Are you learned in the ways? Well, I mean, this seems like I can't. First of all, before I get into my thoughts on that, this seems like this is the season of gaming acquisitions. I I've been following gaming news for a long time, and I don't remember any other period of time that has been so just full of not only acquisitions, but just big ones, right? Like Blizzard, Activision, and now now this is just insane. And that's so many, so much of my childhood in one purchase. I think they got such a great deal for $300 million. All those IPs they got, I believe it's over 50 IPs, and we're talking about uh, Tomb Raider, uh, which is one of the biggest ones out there in terms of just longest-running IPs. And I, mean, I have to look up the list of it because there's just so many uh, big titles on this uh, square enix obviously and then um of course what's the one that people really want to be want to have uh, brought back deus ex right so that's yeah, another big title they have so much potential here if they play this right to not only magnify the 300 million they spent on this to be like huge profit but also to bring back these legendary titles in in new and different ways tomb raider obviously hasn't necessarily disappeared uh, but it's it's changed up its gameplay style, its story narratives, which may not be bad. But the one thing I want to focus on is Deus Ex, because that's such a unique, uh, not only game world, but it was kind of ahead of its time in many ways. And it's comparable to Bethesda Game Studios titles in terms of the first person immersion, the different ways you can go about doing things. Just $300 million to me is just insane, because I would think <laughs> that this would be worth 
six six hundred million plus, if if not maybe more. I mean, we're looking at a the Bethesda purchase was huge, but I feel like this purchase has more weight to it. Now, obviously, the Bethesda purchase, there's legendary, legendary uh, developers there. You got Id Studios. Uh, you got, obviously, Bethesda Game Studios, Arcane. Uh, but it seems like they have such a huge library of IPs now. And um, and they already have a bunch of stuff to begin with. They have Gearbox in their ranks. Uh, they have THQ mm-hmm. Nordic. So this is such a big conglomerate, which brings me to, to my next thing. Anytime this has happened in the news, you hear the term monopoly. You hear all the Twitter Twitter lawyers arguing about whether or not this is a monopoly. And I'd argue this might be in terms of just IP load alone, perhaps one of the biggest uh, acquisitions, especially when you consider all the other stuff uh, they already have uh, under their belt as well. Uh, this is huge. And I'm curious to see how this is going to uh-huh. be reflected in the gaming community and what direction the community is going to respond to this because it's still pretty early on. Right. They just entered into agreement. I didn't do a very good job as a host setting up the the topic because I saw some people in the chat asking questions. Yes, Skolzy said it perfectly. They're in agreement to buy these three main studios and over 50 IPs that would possibly come with them or would come with them that, that are belong to those studios for $300 million. And digging back, the Rise of the Tomb Raider exclusivity deal for one year was about $100 million, I think. Hargi, what... You've had some really great insight. We've talked before the show, just kind of hanging out. Uh, tell us like how you reacted to this embracer and what's really going on. I mean, if you look at this from like like square perspective, I mean, there had to be enough of a schism for them to say, we're going to just jettison this stuff, especially when you see all these billion dollar deals. Bungie just got bought for $3.6 billion. How many IPs does that come with? Two? I mean, like, just think about what... <laughs> You know, and, and they just jettisoned this for $300 million, right? We're back to like the Insomniac deal, 230 or whatever million it was, which was an, an unbelievable steal when you compare it to what's happening now, 70 billion for Activision, right? I mean, it's like, so this is an interesting move and I'm interested to find out the the, the reasoning behind them jettisoning jettisoning these these studios off for, for that much money. There's, there had to be a reason for them to say, this isn't even worth like, like, getting more money because i could just imagine them saying hey we're going to sell this entire thing and not getting into billions but maybe this sure. stuff that's going on right that just says no nah, we're, we're not going to bother um you know xbox might have looked at him and said eh, no um and, and it's like it'd be interesting to find out what what the behind the scenes stuff was at some point i'm sure we'll find out um but yeah so what i find interesting in this whole thing is microsoft is already paying one of these studios to make a game right that's that's perfect yeah art. And yeah. if, you, if you take the amount they're going to be paying, it's got to be in that 50 to 100 million range, right? It's It's got to be like you're paying for them to develop a whole game, right? They paid 100 million just for exclusivity to finish Tomb Raider, right? To allow that that game to finish. And then, and, and you know, it was a one-year exclusive. Uh, I think it was a couple months for, for PC, but one, one year for PlayStation. And, you know, so looking at that, you're like, well, pay a couple hundred more and you just buy the whole bloody thing. Why did they do it? There had to be some interesting reasons why not, right? Um, yeah, so. I think you're kind of uh, you're you're kind of leading us along the pathway, Hargeet and yeah. Skolzy as well. Like what really is going on? And I, my, as I look at the chat, I think the chat is keyed in as well. That Crystal Dynamics immediately responded. Um, I think an hour or two later, because this this announcement came out at around eleven thirty p.m. on the West Coast. Um, 
this announcement that Embracer was again this acquisition deal, and uh, I'm kind of losing my train of thought. But there is so weird because this is a situation where Crystal Dynamics said immediately, "Don't worry, we're working on Perfect Dark with Xbox. We're going to continue to work on on that project with them until we're done," which was something that like the public relations had to say, we have to get out here and let people know we're working on a triple a game for the initiative studio and Xbox. And we're not just going to say, Oh, well we're bought. So good luck. Go give that to the team that made crackdown three or something like that. So it is a little dicey. Um, Hargy also said something chat. He said, maybe Microsoft looked at crystal dynamics and thought, eh. like, that's what you said, right? Eh. So, yeah. Skullsy, tell us what you know. Have you kind of looked into this whole thing about debt with Square Enix and their Western studios? How does that all plan out? Uh, I heard that apparently it's attributed to mismanagement, which ties into perhaps why this deal may have been such a lucrative one or at least uh, an affordable one, I guess. Uh, Because if if you have to do a bunch of legwork to get this half of or any large percentage of your your acquisition to become profitable and to become self-sustaining in terms of not needing such direct oversight all the time, I would say that would definitely take away uh, considerably from the overall just uh, value of this acquisition. And I think that's kind of true, especially when we see how the Western division of uh, like Square Enix and has been handling some of their some of their titles and also an interesting thing that i don't know if this is true or not but i heard that half of this is going to be used up in blockchain and cryptocurrency half of this purchase somehow is going to be transferred over to to crypto which just makes this whole thing even more bizarre i I, like i kind of buy into i think uh uh, he hardly brought up a great point about microsoft uh because microsoft likely would have uh, not one of the two be associated with this, given the current ongoing situation with the Activision Blizzard purchase. There's mm-hmm. uh, a lot of discourse about whether or not this will be approved or or not. And they might not want to broaden their envelope too fat during this kind of discussion. Uh, so I think that might have happened. And that might also play into why this deal uh, was as cheap as it was, because if Microsoft turned it down, if the Western divisions need a bunch of oversight and restructuring to become a something that can efficiently run on its own and produce good games and good quality products, then, yeah, I think that 300 million might start to make a little bit more sense. But this is just me analyzing on the outside. Like, I don't sure. have direct knowledge as to why exactly or, or how this has went down, but that's just me kind of guessing. Yeah, I mean, that's a good take, actually. There is a... The very first thing I thought was, what if, uh, okay, let's like, so we don't linger on this too long because really the outset of this whole thing is Embracer bought IDOS Montreal, who made Guardians of the Galaxy and Deus Ex and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and they bought Crystal Dynamics that made Rise of the Tomb Raider, and they're working on Perfect Dark, right? So we know that, but the, the real meat of this is, Embracer bought them. They're going to make these multi-plat. The only way this goes south for, if you're listening and you're an Xbox fan and you really only want to play on an Xbox for your main gaming platform, right? Obviously, these are multi-plat games. These are games that are will still be on your Xbox unless, unless Sony comes in and buys timed exclusivity. But the deal is that I got to, I got to kind of frame this to Hargy. What? Because it, it looks like Square Enix wanted to get rid of their Western... I'll do it this direction for people watching camera. They're Western studios. If you're looking at my, my Google map on my brain, the Western studios 
which weren't making a lot of money. I love it when my phone pops up thinking I'm talking to G-O-O-G-L-E. I just look down like, hey, Square Enix says so many times, Hargy, we're below expectations with our Western studios. This game didn't didn't meet expectations. It didn't sell as much. What have they thought? They're not making very much money. They don't make a big profit. Let's sell them to someone. We can concentrate on mainly Final Fantasy and the other related games. And now will be more affordable for PlayStation to buy Square. That's a possibility. Yeah. There's another possibility that, you know, Microsoft saw this. It's a possibility that maybe Square Enix was in potential for Sony. Maybe even these studios. Maybe Sony was going after them. And uh, behind the scenes, they're like, well, we can't go buy them right now because we're an ABK deal. Let's Mm -hmm. uh, let's see if Embracer can buy (laughs) So you don't know if some of these things are happening, right? so it totally could be that. And, and to your point, it could be, yep, they're just jettisoning off the part that's uh, causing them to be underperforming and making their value higher so that, you know, they can then uh, ask for more from, I don't know who might, if they're even on the market that Sony might buy them or Microsoft might buy them or somebody else might buy them. Right. Cause again, there's also private equity companies and plenty of other investors that are saying, Hey, gaming is the entertainment vehicle that makes money now why aren't we in this right so it mm-hmm. you know we we only think of like the, the big three but there's plenty of other companies that might be interested uh in trying to buy a, a you know publisher that makes games that actually do make money right and they just announced the kingdom hearts that's going to be a big seller it's it, it's been a very popular series right yep. they've got the final yep. fantasy stuff going on right so i'm sure they'll they'll be profitable hopefully they'll, they'll get more profitable with this uh and certainly they're bringing in 300 million dollars right so uh <laughs> that's gonna help um but yeah, it could be something like that. It could be that they're, they're just making themselves look better. Now, I think they also own some other business things that that are not they're tangential to that are not tangential to gaming, right? So uh, that have to figure like out a flip flop company, or they are they sell yeah, swizzle they, straws they, or something? I don't know. They have some other stuff going on, right? And it's like and it's it's not in any way uh, you know related to gaming. So they would have to kind of figure out how to how to make that work. But whatever, right? So uh, that. It is a possibility that could be it, that, that it's really just they're trying to make themselves look more attractive to a potential buyer. Um, I mean, it kind of is like trimming the fat. And like yeah. as much as I love Guardians of the Galaxy, like, chat, let me know. Like, did you love Guardians of the Galaxy? I love uh, – I really like Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and I really like a lot of these games. Deus Ex – I know Skolzy's with me. Deus Ex, uh, Human Revolution, and Mankind Divider are fantastic games. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was talking to Randall Thor. I like talking to Randall Thor. I talk to him every day. He's so smart. He said those games just didn't make a lot of money. They, like, barely made a profit. And when you're investing all that time to build a game, and then when you finally get the payoff, and it's just barely enough, Hargeet really nailed it. Trim the fat. Get those Western Studios somewhere else so that they can, like, focus in on Forspoken, Final Fantasy series, Kingdom Hearts, right? Like, some of those other games where they can uh, they can really hit. But I don't know. We'll see. In the Super Chats here, I got to read a couple of them because they kind of go along with acquisition things because everybody wants to know, is Xbox going to strike <laughs> – right now and i know kind of where you guys are sitting on this but stop madness thank you so much for the two dollar super chat says xbox needs to get wb now there's one studio that if i think xbox wants to buy just a studio from wb there's one studio that is the studio for them to get Skolzy, do you know a wb studio that xbox might be interested in for their portfolio well i can 
say that I've been hearing a lot of stuff that licensing, acquiring new licenses for things or making use of old license, uh, licenses that you have uh, for stuff like uh, Marvel and, and WB, I'm sure, is something that's kind of an interest right now. Uh, but Warner Brothers, I mean, they, they're dropping the, uh, the Harry Potter game, which is coming soon, right? Um, they're, Warner Brothers is such a huge, <laughs> huge collection of IP that, that I think even if they didn't have an inherent one in mind, that just being able to have access to this big grand library of potential IPs would be, uh, would be huge. Uh, in my opinion. Um, but as to, as to any specific uh, Warner Brothers property, I don't think I've heard uh, like anything concrete. I mean, it's just all up to rumors or speculation or, or personal mm-hmm. uh, interest at this point. But here we are again talking about more big acquisitions. So, I mean, this if, if anything like that's going to happen, it would probably happen this year and we would probably hear about it this year because it just seems like this is something that's going to be the, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I know. It's like, just fill our hopes and dreams. And I think the chat knew where I was leading them. A lot of you said uh, NetherRealm and Xbox uh, really needs a strong studio to take care of the fighting genre. Whether they put them on like Killer Instinct versus Mortal Kombat would be huge. Absolutely huge. And for them to go out and buy one studio, it could keep them out of the Activision Blizzard uh, laser beams of doom. But uh that, that is good. We'll, we might talk about a little bit more about WB. And if you have any more questions, drop them in. Wolf Assassin, thank you so much for the $10 super. Says someone on Twitter mentioned Microsoft or Sony can counter offer like EA did. He's talking about counter offering the Embracer Group deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did with Codemasters and Take Two. If so, should Microsoft do it? Square has to consider all offers by law anyway. <clears throat> Why not? Hargy, is that true? Does, d- does Square have to wait until. Uh, you know, if a second offer comes in, they have to consider it. I don't know how that works. Uh, they don't have to consider it because this is not a buyout, right? So it's not shareholders, right? This is them selling off assets, right? Uh, so they don't have to, but like in the deal, like with like ABK, right? There's this famous, like they have to pay $3 billion if something goes wrong, right? Well, yeah. you could have those kind of uh, items in your your contract to say, if you uh, you know, take somebody else's offer, you owe us $30 million or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they have any of those in there. Right. I don't know if Embracer is big enough to be able to put something like that in there. Um, so they may not. Right. Uh, they may be, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Right. So it just depends on the, the, you know, the, the language in the deal as to whether they have one of those in there or not. Right. Uh, in the case of, of the one with Microsoft, we know that there is one, right. Either side breaks it. They owe quite a few uh, dollars there, a couple billion dollars uh, to, to get out of that deal. So um, when it comes to uh, shareholders, if it was a shareholder thing, yes, they should entertain it if there isn't a, a fiduciary uh, headache, right? Uh, if there is no like clause like that, yeah, they should. They should absolutely do it because they're beholden to the shareholders, right? Their job is to get best value to the shareholders. In this case, it's a private party deal, right? It's They're not actually uh, talking to the shareholders. It's just selling assets. So, oh, okay. I'm sorry I made a face while you're talking. I, I was looking through the chat to make sure I yep. didn't miss anything. And Special Nick, shout out to Special Nick from Xbox Era, who's in the chat. Be messy. When I said Rand's a smart guy, he said Rand is not smart. <laughs> these two, <laughs> these two uh, guys are always at each other and giving each other a hard time. I love it. Oh it's so God. great because you know what? Nick usually wins. I love you, Rand. Oh. No, no, it's, it's great. <laughs> They're so hilarious. And, uh, Nick, thanks for reaching out to me last night. I had such a good time chilling with you. Like we need to do that more often. 
he, he's so cool. And then someone's got like, Nick's not cool. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is Rand? Nick's not cool. <laughs> um, T1000 Whisperer, thank you so much for the $10 super chat. He wrote earlier, this video just popped up on my YouTube page and it automatically made my day. Bro, thank you so much. And I know Hargeet and Skullzy appreciate it. If you're just joining us, this is the XC Podcast. We have over 800 people watching live. I'm here with Hargeet Chani of Game On Daily. Oh, that sounds so cool to say that. <laughs> and I've got Skullzy from his Skullzy uh, TV YouTube channel. He's got over 25,000 subscribers, and he is a Bethesda junkie and an, a Bethesda expert because he dives in to all that information. So if you want to know the ins and outs of Vasco and how tall he is and what his <laughs> ninth appendage does, check out his videos. The link is in the description. Also, you can follow Hargy by going to Game On Daily and seeing where they post his information and his content. But let me grab a couple supers here. We're going to jump off the Embracer group thing and kind of move on to the other uh, news here, but I've got a couple supers here. Uh, Danny, a passion, a Danny Passion official with the $2 says, if I knew I would get a loan to buy them for $500 million. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, you know, buy them. Buy them. JJ, thank you so much for the five. So, Skuma for everyone. Glad to see Skullzy on the X and C main stage. <laughs> yes. Nice. Skuma for everybody and cheese for everybody, too, for Share Gorath fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and can I have your sweet roll, please? Uh, no, please, my sweet roll. rolls are for me. <laughs> uh, we were talking on a couple of shows ago, Skullzy, about how, uh, we're going to get into Starfield in a minute, but how Bethesda's games are just, they're, they're buggy, but they do so much more than most games. Like you have so much freedom and you have so much immersion that you can do. Mm. Like they're so well-made. And then we kind of laughed at, but yet again, you could put a bucket on a guy's head and rob his <laughs> whole store. So I can't wait. We're going to get into Starfield in a moment. Frank Morissette. Thank you so much for the Canadian 1399 says, Interesting that people can fly the guys that made Outriders, the people that made Outriders are not included in this deal since there's also a PCF in Montreal, Chicago. Perhaps it's a strip down for Square Enix for a Sony purchase. Wow, he, uh, Frank's saying the same thing I was thinking. I didn't bring in Outriders because they weren't mentioned. I don't know where they fit in. He's right. It is kind of a question. Hargy, do you know where uh, people can fly fit into this? I think they just worked with Square Enix as a publisher. Yeah, I don't think they're owned by um, by Square. They're just so. a developer, and and Square Enix came in and said, "We'll publish your Outriders game." So that's where that sits. Uh, Flame of the five dollars says, "Remember, acquisition only good when Xbox is doing it." Also, Embracer has one hundred twenty four studios. Jeez, tap dancing rice. <laughs> I kind of uh, censored that a little bit. He says Monopoly much. Uh, there is a great discussion about Monopoly on my ecstasy podcast for a couple weeks ago with Hogue. He corrects me. Really great. Um, I have timestamps, so go check it out later. Flesh Jackson, thank you so much for the 20. We're almost ready to move on. He says, sidebar, may the 4th be with everyone this week. Uh, that's in two days, May the 4th. And uh, Bottom A sends a $99 or 99 cent super chat. Thank you, buddy. And one more. I just saw it roll in, risking for the biscuit. Ah, it's a great guy. He's one of my many favorite Australians in the gaming scene. He says, Harriet to chains in the house, sup chat. Harriet to chains, is that what he calls you? (laughs) So this is a funny story. It's uh, essentially, um, you know, uh, Fonz was uh, taking his stuff from one computer to another. uh, And when he did that, he uh, auto-corrected my name. 
in the uh, banner that go- goes across for all the supporters, and it made me Harriet Chase. <laughs> Harriet Chase. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he eventually fixed it, and uh, Riskit just ran with it. So... <laughs> Yeah, Ariska is a pretty funny guy. All right. Well, so Embracer, we know we kind of talked about what's going on, but like I said, it'll be okay. We'll still get those games. Keep your hands off, Sony. We just want to play some games, all right? Um, there was a big announcement on Saturday that well, it's it's kind of something that actually we'd heard, like Special Nick and uh, had heard this. I had heard it, dealer heard it that a year ago, Forza Motorsport, the eighth in the series has an Xbox One version, and people are flipping out, Skolzy. I don't know if you're into the racing games or if you're into the whole cross-generation or next-gen-only discussion, but the setup is that there's it's somebody has some sort of proof with a screenshot that an Xbox One version of the next-gen-only Forza Motorsport exists. Doom and gloom ensues. Here comes the dark clouds. Take us oh, through no. it. So, so yeah, the dark clouds came rolling in when uh, somebody on Gaming Leaks and Rumors subreddit claimed that they were getting tired of hearing that it's next-gen only, uh, Forza Motorsport. So they apparently verified a couple leaked images of the game running on the Xbox One with the moderators over there. And I do know a couple of the moderators over there, and they tend to have a pretty strict verification process. Uh, all due respect, they do get stuff wrong sometimes, but I would imagine it would be kind of hard to fake something like this specifically or at least fake it in a way that would be able to persuade someone that it's legit uh so i think we should probably take this with less of a grain of salt than we normally do and in terms of the cross generation uh this late into the jet into the game it seems kind of weird but i wouldn't put it past them especially if uh they have the analytics to prove that there is an interest for this game on the xbox one and another thing we got to keep in mind is there's still a shortage of these consoles uh the xbox series x has been getting more and more uh stock now in in stores like best buy and stuff like that uh but the ps5 and even going to gpus graphics cards it seems like these things for a while now have been kind of hard to get thankfully that's finally getting uh getting fixed but that also i think would be a great uh contributing factor in favor of this leak suggesting that it might be true uh, I'm for. I'm always all for more people being able to have access to a game. You know, that's just the, the gamer in me wants everyone to play whatever they want, no matter what system they have. Uh, but then the developer in, in me says that crossplay does inherently hold back the full potential of a title, depending on the handle of the, the development. We saw this with uh, Cyberpunk 2077, for example. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some obvious big, <laughs> big issues with the earlier uh, generation version, but at the same time, who knows? what stuff they could have put into the final game if it was focused on next-gen technology only. Maybe a lot of that cut content wouldn't have been as cut, you know? So so it, it's Good like point. a give and a take, right? You get more people playing your game, but then at what cost uh, did that come at? However, with racing games, I feel that if they get the technology right, uh, even racing games on last generation, even racing games on, on the Xbox 360 looked good. So racing games are one of those things to where if they can continue to improve uh, the performance and the and the engine and everything else that you might still be able to get away with doing cross gen more so than you could with cyberpunk for example wow that's really well said especially the how amazing racing games have looked for like the past 15 years you nailed it um and, <laughs> and on the heels of that digital foundry just said a, a few days before this article started breaking across the internet they said that the forza tech engine with forza horizon 5 
even though it's on the Xbox One, it still screams amazing mm-hmm. on the Xbox Series X and on PC. So that kind of like bulls out of the water. I see some people in the chat like, you know, who cares if it's on Xbox One? No big deal. What is it? What does it hurt? And then I see some people saying, uh, we need to retire it as soon as possible. And I hear both those a lot. But there is one detail that moots this whole conversation. But Hargit, I got to hear what you think about this whole we believe in generations but those guys don't believe it. Like, what's going on with it with Forza Motorsport? Look, they like like Xbox came out and said one to two years, right? One to two mm-hmm. years. So this is still the second year, right? So it's not out of the realm of possibility that they're going to try to support Xbox One with some of these games, and maybe they're testing the waters, right, to see, hey, we've done all this stuff. Is it scalable back? Can it work on an Xbox One? Right? I'm sure it works on One X, right? But can it work on the Xbox One? And if it can, okay, let's give a scaled back version out to the Xbox. But there's another potential, right? Is that this could be like they do with the flight sim. You could just cloud it, right? And and say this is available in Xbox One, but it's available okay. through cloud and it would be a 1080p, right? Because that's what they, what they do with xCloud. But I, I wouldn't put it past them to say, if it works, go ahead, right? Why not put it on Xbox One? Um, make make it available to them i the one to two year period does come to an end right but it does it's in, it at november these usually come out in the september time frame right so um my guess is mm-hmm. yeah it could be this would be the last you know game that they put out that's uh cross gen it's a possibility um as long as it doesn't hurt what they're doing or like the the you know they've taken years now to sort of see if they can push their engine even further right as long as they they don't have to scale those things back on the series s and x I'd say go for it. I don't I don't see the issue. <clears throat> so here's what I say when I here's what I mean when I say that this whole point could be moot because I am on the side that I don't think the Xbox One version is even launching. I think they're using it for testing purposes only, testing the water or just seeing what the engine could do with the testers. But here's a quote directly from Azeki Asaki, who works who leads turn 10. He says, I'm going to paraphrase this and read Nick because I don't want to put anybody to sleep. But if you're here enjoying the show, thank you so much. And if you think Hargeet and, and Skullzy are doing an amazing job, show your support by hitting the like button. I want to get that up to 500. We have over 800 people who are checking out the show. You guys are awesome. And uh, you power it. You, make it. you make it all worthwhile and make it all possible. But here's what he said. He said, the old Forza Motorsport games updated the physics calculations of the tires 60 times per second. So those, most of those games ran at 60. So... They had the physics model at 60 cycles per second. Now the new Forza Motorsport has eight points of contact instead of a single point of contact on the tire. 360 times per second. Now that tells me right there, 50 times more detailed than before, he says. That tells me right there that whatever they built for the physics, the way the cars will feel and handle is exclusively next generation. Meaning if you were doing that, I don't think turn 10 is building a one contact tire version, but they could for Xbox. So I think if you're going to see an Xbox one version that you're going to find out, there are going to be some subtle physics details that uh, you probably wouldn't notice if you're playing on Xbox one, it would feel great. Just like Forza does Forza is like some of the best feeling racing games. So that I just want to drive that point home. I think next generation only is if you're getting the game on series S X or PC, you're getting its full potential. I think that's just how it goes. So that's, what's going on with Forza Motorsport. I've got, um, Lord Stark, Star killer with a $10. Thank you, buddy. He says for the panel, that's you guys. 
says, how much of the RDNA 2 features do you think Starfield will use? Skullsy, speculate. What <laughs> what kind of RDNA 2? I don't know if you know these off the top of your head. I've talked about it a lot mm-hmm. of times. You can defer if you want to. It's like psycho-technical psycho question. Okay. How much? Yeah, no. So Todd Howard and Bethesda kind of touched on this. They said that their their radiant AI technology um, is is evolving with Starfield and with Creation Engine two. And uh, to summarize this in a quick way, because I could I could probably go into such micro detail, I can talk on this topic for for an hour. But essentially, a lot of people you, you kind of touched on it earlier, Colt, when you said uh, people are worried it might be like No Man's Sky. Um, Bethesda has utilized procedural generation in unique ways over the years uh, in terms of things such as just creating the models for the flora in the game for the different plants and allowing an AI to place that realistically to the generation of new quests and new content, uh, which we saw in like Skyrim and stuff like that, uh, to where you can go to an inn and there will be a generated note telling you kill bandit leader and -and so-and-so or go do this. Uh, So that technology has evolved for Starfield, and I think it's evolved in multiple ways. And essentially what I think we'll see uh, from this technology specifically um, is it's space, right? Space is a unique setting. Not only do you have multiple different planets with their own biomes, their own, their own settlements, but each planet in itself is supposed to be this huge this huge place. So it, I don't think Bethesda is going to do it kind of like uh, The Outer Worlds, and this is no disrespect to that game. I love that game, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to be to where there's only small playable areas on each planet. I think that this radiant technology uh, is, is actually going to fill in the missing parts of the planet. So, well, yes, if you go outside the main handcrafted player areas on a planet in Starfield, it will be noticeably more barren, but the radiant AI technology will fill these things in with perhaps uh, randomly generated dungeons, randomly generated uh, uh, points of interest to scavenge, to explore. And I think that they're going to do it in such a way that it'll be almost hard to differentiate the difference between the handcrafted content and some of this uh, radiant AI content as well. I think that's what Todd Howard was hinting towards in terms of how th- this this technology has evolved for them uh, in a unique way. And and it's a big running technology. It, it even governs the way that the NPCs will react to the player, react mm-hmm. to each other, and react to other things. So I think that we're going to be seeing some interesting stuff in terms of, uh, from Starfield in terms of this radiant AI, in terms of this procedural generation, but it won't be like No Man's Sky. It'll be, it'll be a blend of handcrafted and and the AI just assisting the handcrafted world to have more content in it. I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, window into the future of not only Bethesda games, but perhaps just how procedural generation in gaming can be utilized in unique ways. Yeah, because Fallout 4 sort of used a little bit of that. Like that was like a precursor for some generated content, and then most of it was handcrafted. So if you're looking at like what RDNA 2 features, I think mostly what you're going to see, Skullsy explains this pretty well, is that you're going to see the hardware be able to do this stuff. You've got an SSD, so stuff be able to load in because you're not going to... He's right, because Outer Worlds has these really cool, tiny little... You land on a planet and you only get like this two backyards to kind of mess mm-hmm. around in. So um, just the nature of the the hardware is just more powerful, just be able to do more, and they don't have to build it for Jaguar chips. And I saw a dealer in the chat who would <laughs> have a lot to say about the creation engine. It's an overhauled creation engine too. And they kind of have to work within the constraints, but that can be sort of a good thing, right? Hargy, because for years, 
Bethesda has been working with the creation engine and evolving it and bringing it up into different versions and they know what they can do. And sometimes if you make the best out of what you have, you can create some really great things. Like when I create something, if I do the best I can with the tools I know how to use, or like if I know how to make something a certain way and I really exploit that, you can make something amazing. But if you have like, if you give them Unreal Engine 5, they might be like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think uh what, how do you think the hardware is going to deal with with starfield so we're going to dig into starfield a little more in a minute yeah this is all very like it's an interesting mix of, of potentials right so we, we know the history right when morrowind was being made they actually worked with the xbox team to make that happen right and then with um uh oblivion skyrim they they were uh helping them that what should the the hardware have things like that right so um it could be very well used but there's also the, the the headache of like nobody's using them, so it could just be that the platforms aren't ready. And I, like so, I, yeah. forget RDNA two. I don't think they're even using RDNA one. It's all been like the the same thing, just brute forcing it. I think there's a bit, a bit of RDNA one being utilized. It's and, and it's both consoles. I don't want to like say that it's just Xbox. It's both consoles really aren't fully taking advantage of these new capabilities. Um, you know, when we're saying teraflops aren't the same, that was because these additional capabilities make the teraflops not the same, and we're really not just you know utilizing them yet. It could be that, hey, you know what? This was ready last year, and they took the year to do that, to just to spend not, you know time bug fixing and make it run with all the capabilities of the Series S and X, right? To get that game yeah. to work as well as it can, especially on, on the Series S, right? To, to make sure it, it runs really, really well in that box, right? Um, and so it could be that they are going to take advantage of it. Probably not all of it. That's that's my guess, right? That there's that on top of that, there's FSR, which which I don't know if they're you know going to take advantage of that either. But um, but there are they just, could. I mean, they, uh, they could. They could. Deathloop is already planning on taking advantage of that when it launches on the Xbox this summer or this fall. So that's a good point, Hargeet. Yeah. FSR it would be a major thing where if Digital yeah. Foundry dives in this thing says, well, it looks like it's close to 4K. You know, we're we're trying to do the pixel count. We're scared. <laughs> that's going to be but yeah, an interesting I mean, I'm thing. I'm hoping they are doing that right. Because then you could potentially see at least a 60 FPS, 1440 or 1200 FSR sharp image yep. with ray, right? With ray tracing. It's a possibility if they can take advantage of all those features. But I don't know if they're ready. And that's that's been the headache, right? I, if the yeah. platforms are ready to do it, then why aren't why isn't everybody doing it? Um, but that is kind of the headache, right? So and maybe you know what they're like, this is our showcase. We got Forza and we got this. We're making that happen. It's out of band. We're not we're, we're not making it available to everybody, but we're going to make it. It's a possibility. Right. But uh, but but that, yeah. that is something that's interesting. Uh, it's been a long time. I think it's time that they started getting those toolings in so that they can actually take advantage of this stuff. So it would be great to see. Right. But my feeling and just my gut feeling, I don't know they, that they will. I think they'll, they'll I, get some, not all the features that are already in it. I just don't I don't think they will. Yeah, that's a that's a really good answer because I think what we're going to notice when the game launches is your 60 FPS in an open, explorable space world, right? The universe, 60 FPS, the visuals will be sharp. We're going to talk about how the game is probably going to look in a moment, um, but I think it's just going to be so important that we're going to be playing a big, massive AAA Western RPG at 60 FPS on a console, which, you know, last generation, eh. Not happening. Uh, shout out to Meat Puppet 007 who joined the channel. Welcome to Early Access. You'll get a message on the community tab. Just trying to think of this off the top of my head. When I put a video out, I usually build my videos in the evening and then put them out the next morning. And so you'll get a chance to check those out and comment first. Say first. <laughs> first with a 
with a thumbs up emoji. But you also get custom emojis and stuff like that. Welcome to the channel. Thank you so much, Meat Puppet. Uh, we'll see. Well, let me go back down here. We've got... Uh, <laughs> I almost read that one again. This is great. Uh, Meat Puppet left a super and says, thanks for catching my channel membership. Keep up the good work. And Cody P with the troll face says, happy to see my boy Skullzy getting the support. Shout out to you, my man. And Skullzy's YouTube channel, as I said, 25,000 subs. He's in the description. You just uh, move down there, click the link, post it in another, get in another tab, hit the subscribe button for him. If you're here and you're new and you haven't subscribed, you can subscribe to this show as well on this channel. I do weekly videos and do this show and get people like Hargi Chani of Game on Daily and Skullzy from Skullzy TV on YouTube. It's really good to have you guys on. If you're having a good time, hit the like button. We are at 350 likes, over 850 people watching. Show your support. Let's get that up to 500 and then uh, my face will fall off. It'll be great. <laughs> um, Starfield, as we were talking about, it was a perfect segue in uh, the super chat kind of got us really like primed and ready to talk about Starfield. But this former developer who left, you know, it's classic, right? Like he, he packs his duffel bag and he says, you know what? Uh, I'm not working here anymore, but I've got something to say. <laughs> right? He like knocks over a coffee mug and says, I'm out of here. You know, <laughs> here's what he said. Uh, this some of this is kind of paraphrased, and I know that Skolzi has do dove into this, but he says the engine is hard to work with. The creation engine too. He says there's so much content that they have might have to cut some of it for launch because the game is so big. The uh, he also said the game is looking good and the shooting feels all right. Shooting feels all right. We've never we haven't seen combat yet. He says he rather bluntly said the engine is a piece of crap. And flying is terrible at the moment because it's not fun. However, he did sing the praises of his lighting and graphics and said they're not up to par. They're not yet up to par with Horizon Forbidden West. It's several months before Starfield is expected to release, so all of that could change. Skullzy, I know you clocked this. I'm not mad at the guy. He's, 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 we've seen this before. Uh, Dev said this about Halo. But Skullzy, how did you take this information? You know, at first I didn't believe it because uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a writer for uh, Once Lost Games who are working on the Wayward Realm. So I, I don't have a ton of experience in game development, but I know how, how stuff works. And, <laughs> and when you leave a company, you magically can't just start talking about all their secrets. Uh, that's, and that seems to be what this person believed because they said that in a comment to them. Someone said, hey, you're going to get sued. You're breaking NDA. They said, mm -hmm. I quit last week. I'm not under NDA. And then suddenly all their comments are deleted <laughs> because they deleted their account. So they broke NDA. And an interesting thing is I didn't believe this at first until Jason Schreier uh, jumped in to verify it because the guy was saying he worked at Bethesda last week or, or the girl. I'm, I'm not sure uh, who or, or what they are, but uh, Heavy, sure. I think, was their account name, said uh, that they quit Bethesda last week. However, over the last couple of years, they've been sharing their indie game, their indie dev studio, which is them and just like three other people. And they've been sharing their project and their and their updates on their project. And, you know, generally you don't get to work on a side project and market it when you're contracted by a AAA game developer. And on top of that, uh, that you also just gave yourself completely away to Bethesda and their lawyers as to who this who you are, because your company's small. <laughs> and now you just basically associated that with your leak. So until Jason stepped in, I didn't believe it for many reasons because of that, because of the indie dev thing. And also just because of this, uh, the audacity for someone to not only under, not understand how NDAs work, but just to 
say all this stuff publicly after a week of leaving a company it's but but apparently according to jason schreier it's legit so i have to he's a trusted insider for the most part he's been right about bethesda stuff in the past Uh, so i have Mm -hmm. to give this maybe not 100 confirmed everything he said but at least it has a lot more weight uh to it uh, there's a couple other things he said. I think he said that Starfield was entering a beta this summer, and that also doesn't add up to me. Uh, usually right. betas aren't months before the game launches or during the same time period when you reveal the game at... Unless there's at, like uh, an online thing that they need to test server load and stuff, right? I, I got I to gotta yeah. pause you right there. Uh, chat, if you're, if you're watching this show, Skolzy here is... He's a rare creature in the wild. Uh, he's not been blocked. By Jason Schreier. So feast your eyes upon the amazing <laughs> sight that you're seeing. Um, Skolzy has actually been able to chat with him, um, which we'll get into in the next topic. I don't want to spoil that, but I just wanted to say, like, if you're nature watching, you just saw a very rare creature, you know, hang out in the, in the on the show. But <laughs> anyway, uh, so this this developer supposedly. So are you thinking this developer did break NDA? Like they're legit person oh, and yeah. they blasted themselves yeah they're they screw them they, they met yeah they they totally they outed themselves they identify themselves and that's they not normal so practice of- though is it Skolzy? like w- when you work at a studio for six months or a year or longer like you you when you walk out you know that you can't say that so what's the mm-hmm. how's that happen well i mean i hate to i hate to speculate on the person's you intelligence know. but really one of the biggest factors would be you're either ignorant of how ndas worked and you just kind of breezed through it and didn't take it seriously and you just made your own assumptions as as to how they work and then you messed yourself up like they did or they just thought they could get away with it i had a third theory which is possible uh, that i discussed with people on my discord that maybe this is just a master level troll because you'd be surprised what kinds of things people can fake in terms of verification i know the reset era moderator said that they were able to verify this person worked at bethesda at some point and same with jason schreier but people can really fake some pretty believable things in terms of verification so i'm wondering if perhaps the third rare spawn option is that this person just fooled everybody and just wants to talk crap about starfield but that doesn't seem like none of this seems likely it's such a strange leak so I just got to go towards the most concrete information in this. Jason and recent era said the person's legit to some capacity. So I have to kind of just assume that they are ignorant of how NDAs worked. And the second Jason said, you're probably going to get lawyers sent after you. They probably nuked their account over there because it's all that stuff for the most part has gone now. Their account is, is deleted user. Uh, but I mean, the damage is done. They, they gave Bethesda the information. They gave Bethesda when they last worked there. And they gave Bethesda their small indie company that consists of three developers or something. <laughs> so, yeah, they broke NDA and they're probably going to feel it if they're not feeling it already. So I hope it was worth <laughs> I mean, we've Facebook. seen we've seen people like, uh, you know, laser themselves from social media and just like, crawl into a hole for two weeks and then emerge victorious. But Special Nick's in the chat saying that the Reset Era staff have been fooled before many times, mm-hmm. he says. So you're right. I, I, you're both right. Like it could be an elaborate thing to kind of get people. Um, I don't know to get them on the opposite end of of, of hype. I'm going to ask you, Hargeet, about one of the first couple statements here. This developer says that. Well, let's not talk about the engines hard to work with. We already <laughs> kind of talked about that, right? But he says they 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 might have to cut content lo- for launch because the game is so big. Yeah. Now that might worry people. But what do you think is? read between the lines on that 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's like, look, they were ambitious. They have a lot of content. That's a good thing, right? Uh, that might mean there's DLC that's coming later that'll fill things in. Uh, it just means that there's so much that they won't be able to have all of that in when they launch. It's not going to delay launch. They're going to have launch, but it won't have everything baked. So they're just going to pull it out, right? So there'll be some things that just aren't there. Some side missions, some some quests just won't be there. Um, that's fair. That's fine. It, it happens. Um, I like that they're ambitious and they have a lot of stuff, right? And that that's how like Skyrim was. It just kept going. There's just so much stuff, right? And that that's a good thing. So you want that kind of thing. You'll never like, reach the end. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and that just means that, hey, they actually already have, they already have DLCs awaiting, awaiting to be released, right? Because th- they have that work ahead of them to get that content that they're going to have to like pull uh, to get into release. So I don't see that as a bad thing. I think that's a, you know, a normal, but does the game studios thing. They, they always have a lot of th- stuff in their games. So that's a good thing. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about the shooting feels? All right. Now let's dive into this. Um, <laughs> let's dive into this Skullsy because I'll just preface it by saying machine games helped teach Bethesda in Fallout 4 to bring that shooting up to modern times. And I have a kind of a strange opinion. I like the way the shooting feels. Mostly, I really like the way the shooting feels in Fallout 4. I thought they made great strides. I thought it felt just about as modern as you can get in a in a game like that. Uh, so what are you thinking when they say the shooting feels all right? What are you expecting? You know, that's another red flag to me. Uh, they did specify, I think, in their final uh, their final post before they 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 disappeared from the Earth realm forever with their leaks. But they said it's their personal preference. Uh, but the thing is, like like you said, Fallout Three. Well, I love the game. The, sh- the shooting in it was pretty pretty shaky. But Fallout Four really impressed me, and that carries over into Fallout Seventy Six because also with Fallout Seventy Six. Uh, id studios helped them uh try to get the engine uh better running for for an online game they tried to hybridize the creation engine with with id tech and they also helped with the shooting so the fact that starfield a game that comes after both of these titles after fallout 4 after fallout 76 the fact that it wouldn't at least have the same quality of shooting as these games wouldn't make sense to me so the only thing i could maybe think of is they didn't improve upon the shooting enough to to make this person feel satisfied with it maybe they didn't go into the cover system and allow a better like baked in cover system where like in call of duty and stuff you can uh duck down aim and you automatically pop up and stuff like that maybe they didn't do those types of quality of life things uh but even still i think that it would probably still feel good if it was like fallout 4 so I just have right. to chalk it up as this this person's personal preference, and it seems like they're a little jaded at Bethesda just based on the entire rhetoric of this of all their posts. So that probably plays. I mean, who doesn't a bit. who doesn't leave their job and then just put everybody on blast and burn the bridges? Right? Am I right? right yeah. Am I, right? <laughs> I mean, we do. We you know we saw it like I said with Halo, where the guy was like, "It's not going to be this masterpiece. It looks pretty good." And then we're like, "What?" And then the game comes out and it's looks pretty good right i mean it's not a masterpiece but it, it was really good so i don't know it's like what you said it seems reasonable maybe the it, it's been five years since fallout right five or six since fallout yeah, four so you'd expect like- how much of a of a evolution in the shooting how much better can it be maybe it was only this much better instead of that much better but that's really well said uh shout out to crazy louie and titan drago in the chat um yeah you guys are great hit the like button if you have a good time we have 900 people here watching we are talking about starfield and we're digging into the nitty gritty i don't you know what i'm not gonna i'm gonna take back that word that's something somebody super old and i'm not old i'm just very old 
Uh, we're digging into the details of what's going on with Starfield. Um, the lighting <clears throat> and graphics, they were singing the praises of the lighting and graphics. This is a great one for Hargeet. <laughs> but they are not yet up to par with Horizon Forbidden West. Hargeet, how much do your feelings hurt right now from hearing that? I, look, look I, I, I'm the one who put out the video that I don't care about the bloody graphics. Give me the game. <laughs> Make the game playable. Make the game fun. The game loop has to be good. I don't care about the graphics. It's good if they're great. That's awesome, right? But if it's content versus spend time making the lighting better, please do the content. I don't care about the lighting. I would much rather have more content, enjoy the game more, because I'm not going to lighting about the lighting. I just am not, okay? <laughs> if, if the foliage doesn't move correctly, I don't care. I'm not looking what? at the foliage. I'm playing the bloody game. Give me the content. What, I would always. What if content. the fruit doesn't move though? Bro. Or, or oh, the shooting <laughs> of the fruit doesn't. It doesn't look right. The physics. Are, I don't care. <laughs> like it's so irrelevant. Give me the content, right? So, so I, I'm on the opposite side of what most people like. They want the fancy graphics. That's great. I don't. I would much rather do what they're saying. They have too much content for the game. Yep, that's what I would rather they spend the time on. Give me the content because that gives me more fun in the game itself. Right, so that's Whoa. what I would look for. So, is it possible that the the graphics aren't up uh, up to you know the par or up to the level of of, of Horizon? It's possible, but look, Sony, yeah, I think so. Sony does that, right? That is their their bread and butter. The games have to have a quality bar of how they look, right? Fine, mm-hmm. that's their thing, right? Um, versus you know Bethesda, have the games always looked the best? Well, okay, they they look good. But they're not the like the most stunning games. But dude, they play so well. They're so so much fun. That's the whole point. You get lost. Yeah, in there the world. was. That's the. There point. was <laughs> many ugly, ugly things of Fallout Four, but I love the game so much. And Hargy is such a proponent. He will slap the controller out of your hand if you try to go to photo mode. He's like, play the dang game. And actually, <laughs> you've literally done that to Gaz and I. We were in a game. We kept going into photo mode and flying the camera around. And he was like. Oh my gosh, you two. Quit putting on your TRs and let's play the game. <laughs> so Skulls, you're a sucker for Skulls, you're a sucker for for photo mode, right? Hmm? Sucker for uh, graphics. If the graphics are good, yeah, I like to do it. But <laughs> I, I I'm uh, one of the people that installs all the mods for Skyrim to make it look photorealistic. And then I most of my yeah. time is taking pictures and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I'm in that I'm in that field. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. You're a fraud. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. It's, it's, it's so you, funny. You, yeah, people have their own preferences. That's fair, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just don't just don't tell your preference to Hargeet because he'll elbow drop you. <laughs> no, Let me read some supers. Uh, I'm going to read some supers. And our next subject is to talk about Skullzy has some, uh, I'm just going to say leaks, okay? He had some information he's hearing. He portrayed it. But we're going to get into how he set it up and everything. I want to read some of these super chats because this is like a excellent conversation. And there's some gems in here and some uh, great hopes and dreams. So let me get into those. Don CJG, thank you so much for the 449 pound super chat. Says, yo, Cole, I'm deep in a fever and woke up thinking about ecstasy podcasts over and over. The fever dream brought me here. Great to catch the show live at 2 a.m. Man, that's awesome. I cannot pick up my phone in the middle of the night or I'll just stay on it. I'll get, I'll just get <laughs> in a thing with Twitter. Lord Starkiller, thank you so much for the $10. Says, so, since Sony is still selling PS5s, PS4, sorry. Since Sony's still selling PS4s, no problem if Forza Motorsport is playable on X1. Agree with Hargeet about using the cloud to play Forza Motorsport on Xbox One. 
Yes, very good point. Yodani Quezada, he sent out a a um <laughs> an auto-tune Hargeet Chani, which I can't if I if I had Gaz here, we'd have him sing Hargeet Chani in auto-tune. That is like a staple of Gaz when he's on his shows. DCRU Seeds, thank you so much for the 40-pound super chat. He's got a super chat here in orange. Uh, uh, the hotness he says just wanted to make sure everyone knows only six more months till starfield love the podcast brother thank you so much seeds for doing that and rich meringue sends a 20 dollars super chat and join the channel membership thank you for joining the channel you'll get early access also i forgot to say you will get uh an opportunity to be picked for merch every month i pick somebody from the channel membership or patreon and i send a link to the store and you can pick anything you want like this XC podcast shirt. I've got one with the, the controllers on it. I've got ones with a bunch of game weapons, like swords and guns from your favorite games. Pretty cool stuff that I, because I'm a graphic designer. So I'm like, I want to make stuff that people can wear and really enjoy. So thank you so much. Yo, I'm a moon. Also join the channel membership. And one more. Biff Rinaldi, love his name. I say it every week. Biff Rinaldi, you're awesome. Vacation scheduled for Starfield release. Take work off. Call in sick. We were going to be f- fully diving into it. Skullsy. It is now time to talk about these leaks and reactions. Before we list the things that you put in this Twitter post, um, I want you to tell people like how you prefaced it and how you ended the tweet with the listing. Take the take the reins. Yeah, this is something that apparently you know, some gaming websites, I don't want to name names, but they cherry-picked uh, what to say I said. <laughs> uh, essentially, I was very clear from the start with all this. I love rumors, I love speculating, and uh, I hear some things sometimes, and even if they're not something I can verify is true, I think it's fun to share with people to speculate. So when I first posted these rumors, uh, the very first tweet that ever brought this into existence, it walked into, into reality with the information alongside it, <laughs> it says Bethesda stuff I'm hearing from an anonymous source. Please take this with a grain of salt. Don't claim it as an inside statement from me or a leak. Uh, and then I even end a tweet by saying, remember, these are from a credible anonymous source, but I haven't personally been able to verify any of this information yet. These are not my inside statements. I am just reporting on what I hear. And to preface that pit, uh, that bit a little bit, this person has given me stuff in the past that ended up being true. So they kind of proven to me that they're privy to some of this information. However, in regards to this specific thing, uh, they're able to give me documents that made it seem like it could be legit. But I kind of have a high uh, high expectation when it comes to verifying this stuff. So I didn't want to say it's verified. I didn't consider it verified. But I considered it interesting to discuss because some of these rumors actually coincide with uh, other stuff that people have heard before. Okay. Okay. So uh, there's a list of things that... Mm-hmm that skulls he listed in this tweet, like he did a really good job setting up. I am not an insider. Right. And, uh, <laughs> shout out to gaming addict who just dropped super. He says, congrats on your Seattle trip at Coles Eastwood. I, if we get a chance, we got a lot to talk about. I might take some questions or kind of explain my trip a little bit here on the show. I'm not sure, but shout out to over 900 people watching. We're, uh, 60 likes away from 500. If you're enjoying the show, move the chat out of the way, hit the like button. Come on back. We're still here. We'll wait for you. I'll wait. Okay, I'm back. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, let me look at what some of the things. We're going to go through each one, give Skullsy a chance to explain where he thinks that is or the, the legitimacy of the, of, the, of the game and the project and what, what we think as, as a group here in an audience of what that is. The first thing is uh, um, a PvP PvE 
game from Roundhouse Studios. Now, this is one of the smaller studios in the ZeniMax Bethesda team. Um, what's going on with this PvP PvE game? So this one seemed like it could be the most credible one of this list because uh, a, a couple other insiders said they'd heard similar stuff and everyone was just as wary to not mention too much about this. And normally when people are are a little iffy about giving more exact details. That tends to lend a little bit more credibility to the leak. I was given a bit more information following this that I could share that this title is supposedly a Marvel uh, IP, a Marvel license based on something within the Marvel universe. Uh, and Roundhouse is a studio that's been quiet for a long time anyway. So clearly they're working on something. Uh, and it seems like almost every other Bethesda studio is working on some kind of separate project. A lot of these projects seem to be something unique, something creative or something uh, to push the bar a little bit. So I wouldn't be too surprised if this particular part of this leak was uh, was true. But yeah, it's something based in the Marvel universe. And I think oh. people would be excited about it, uh, if it if this thing was true. It kind of goes along the same lines as some games that we've been seeing recently that have uh, been w- met with some success. So how are you feeling about a, a Marvel roundhouse game? You think that this is something that's possible that they're working on? Or is it um, one of those things that, Jason said, I looked into it. <laughs> well, Jason, uh, I got an updated statement from him. He said that his statement, or I'm sorry, his source wasn't able to say the entire list was crap. They just knew a couple items on that list uh, was not true. So I feel like maybe Jason could have been a little bit more specific with that in their original Reddit, po- in their original Reset Era post, instead of me having to message him personally to get the information and get permission uh, from a statement uh, about all that. So apparently that, that doesn't mean that all of this or some of this could be true just because not all of it is debunked. Uh, but mm-hmm. usually when you come with big lists like this, some of it is true. Some of it is bloated information thrown in there uh, to throw people off. That tends to be how this kind of stuff goes. But in terms of this roundhouse IP, I think this is probably one of the most solid uh, pieces of information from this rumor list. I, I would put the most faith in this particular one, uh, alongside a couple other ones that we'll get into here in, the, in a few minutes, I'm sure. Okay. So what else, what is Roundhouse made so people can kind of gauge what caliber or what capability Roundhouse has? Because they're a smaller studio. I think they're like 80 people or something. If I, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely smaller. <clears throat> They've made uh, some games similar to what we'd expect uh, from Bethesda, I believe. I have to verify this live on the air, but I believe they made a game called Rune. Uh, which is similar to the setting of of Bethesda, uh, of, of Skyrim. And there's like a whole bunch of controversy. Yes, it was Rune. A whole bunch of controversy over nice. Rune 2 uh, because Bethesda supposedly killed Rune 2 when they bought it. Like they, they canceled the project and did a whole bunch of stuff that made uh, the Rune community get a little bit you know, mad because naturally if you're hyped for this game and other company mm-hmm. buys game and cancels it, that's going to get that fan base mad. Uh, but ever since then, they've been basically quiet. So they would either have to have been working in an entire support studio capacity this entire time, or they're working on something unique like what this title could be. And I would think that with all the all the uh, talented developers at Roundhouse, that they're probably doing something more than just uh, support work. They're probably working on something. And I kind of have the feeling it is this uh, this IP here, this, this PvPVE game. Okay. Um that's that's new to me when i heard it and special nick in the chat said that you guys talked in dms about this listing and and xbox era covered this on their podcast on saturday uh so go check that out on their channel as well and i know that you've made content based on some of this as well you could and i have to set for the audience like scully took a lot of heat from this like 
And that's why I asked him before the show, I, I want you to tell people what you wrote because you deleted the tweet and then kind of uh, corrected things later. But he started out, because when I read it, I, this is exactly how I read it in my mind. I'm not an insider. This is just what I'm hearing. But if you'd like to hear some, you know, if you'd like to hear some leaks, like here's what I'm hearing from my source. None of it's confirmed. By the way, take this with a grain of salt because none of this is confirmed and I'm not an insider. That's how I read the tweet. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, what the heck, man? Why are people being so rude? Uh, stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> and I, and I got to get, I got to make sure I kind of get Hargy pulled into this because like this could be like the spotlight on Skolzy while we talk about this. But I'll also kind of defer to Hargy as we get into this. The next thing that you said was that you had heard that Elder Scrolls 6 is coming for a target release date in 25 or 2026, which is something else I had said in videos based off of just doing basic math that they're going to, it's going to take this long for the team to do this. By the time the team builds Elder Scrolls 6, it's going to be 25, 20, 26 for the year. Um, Hargi, we talk about this so much. We talk about how games used to take two or three years to build, even the big triple A's. Uh, how skulls he sitting on this uh, information that Elder Scrolls 6 comes out in 2025 at the earliest? I mean, that'd be pretty good, actually. I mean, considering they're still working on Starfield, right? So you're saying that that would be three years? That that would be, like, awesome, right? I, I, I just, I don't believe it, but that would be, like, awesome. Um, so if they've started the work uh, already, maybe they've been mm -hmm. working on it for, like, two, three years now, and, okay, they, they kind of overlapped, and Starfield's kind of finishing up on some parts, and... Elder Scrolls has already started up. That's cool, right? So, but yeah, my expectation is five to six years, pretty much a guarantee. It's going to take a long time. Um, so, if if they've already started, that's a great thing, right? So, if it can come out three years later, that that's fantastic. Uh, but that's what I've been seeing. Yeah. It just takes so freaking long for games to come out now. And it's the gamers' fault, right, Hargi? They want that photo mode when they click it. It looks amazing. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, look. You know, making everything top notch does take time right yeah, um, yeah so i won't fault bethesda though because they actually put content in the game right skyrim is still being played right because it has mm -hmm. so much content and it was extensible right? you could add so many mods to it and so there's this content right and so that's a fair way to look at it you know hey it might take time but you're getting a lot of game right you're getting a lot a lot of game right uh it, yeah so it might be a fair trade-off there but a lot of games come out and they're like 20 hour campaign and it took six years. And you're like, really? <laughs> like Mass Effect? How, how long were those? How, how, how long were those games? How long did it take between those? Like, like we got that in a generation. Like, it's crazy. Right. Like, and they're some of the biggest things. Yeah. And they're like the best. They're like so good. Right. And like, come on. <laughs> well, and I know we, we have those discussions. It's they, things take way longer, but games have never been bigger and more expansive and looked more amazing. What about this political system, Skolzy? What's uh, what's the merit to that? What are you hearing? Is it uh, is it reliable? Like, what do you? All I have written here is the there's a political system in Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. So essentially, the information that was passed was that the Elder Scrolls Six will have a political system, and uh, there will be different like noble factions, uh, and marriage will actually matter in terms of this noble faction dynamic. Now. As far as the credibility of this particular statement, this one I couldn't verify uh, that much at all. It just happened to be included with these other things. So in terms of the val validity of this, it could be possible because I would imagine that uh, Starfield's in the final testing phases. They're basically polishing and polishing it up and getting it ready for launch. Uh, so I would imagine that they are at least uh, in the early 
planning stages of Tez 6, uh, deciding what main gameplay mechanics they want to have in a game. I call it the game developer onion. Uh, you start in the center of the onion with the core gameplay mechanics you have to have in the game in order for it to be the game you want to make. And then as the layers progress, you start adding in those other like more interesting uh, things. This seems like this would be the core of the onion to me. Like if they want the faction system to be such a main dynamic in the game that they would also have different things playing off of that faction system, like uh, marriages that matter in terms of what families you're aligned with and what families you aren't aligned with because you married uh, their their uh, enemies or Rival. whatever the term is. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that this is possible. It seems like it's the direction they're going uh, because factions are taking more of a focus in Bethesda games recently. Skyrim, we had the Civil War, and then Fallout 4, we had the endings of the game uh, inherently tied to your choice of faction alignment. Starfield, they've talked about factions a lot, so I could kind of see something like this uh, being plausible for sure. Uh, I just can't verify or give much uh, concrete uh support to these particular test statements but in terms of the release date i mean it sounds like it would line up with what i would think in terms of the lesser mm-hmm. end of, of how long i think it would take them to get this game out especially if they want starfield dlc and stuff like that i would imagine test six oh, maybe 2026 geez. or 2027 but we don't know what the different dynamic will be with the microsoft partnership this is a new era for bethesda uh they're doing new things so it's kind of hard to compare old bethesda to this particular uh, situation just because of the major differences in terms of who they're aligned with and what resources they have access to. Yeah, it's it's weird because time is kind of time has kind of flown lately when when Hargeet's like, wow, three years we could get Elder Scrolls. Like that's soon. I'm like, it actually is. We I just sat here and waited three years for a game and uh here I am. But when you talk about factions like the political system, that's what makes your choices matter. Like you can say you make your choices matter, but there if, if there isn't a weight like uh, mm-hmm. Fallout, Fallout uh, New Vegas is one of my favorite things. And you wear the wrong gear, you get attacked. You do something that the other faction doesn't like, they're going to start going after you. And it it makes meaning. And that you know, not a lot, not a lot of games have that luxury of really making choices matter. So that's super exciting. One of the other things you said just after that was betrayals, marriage, and factions matter. No dragons in the mm. Elder Scrolls Six. <clears throat> And the moment, Hargeet, the moment that we saw our first dragon in Skyrim way back in 2011, when we were about 12 years old playing that game, (laughs) that moment, no dragons, Hargeet? Yeah, that is an interesting one. Um, I suppose maybe there's some mechanic there that it just won't work, right? But but that is an interesting change. I, I don't know why they couldn't fit them in, but there must be a reason, right? Um, it could be that that region just can't have them. Right? We don't know, right? But no, uh, no dragons, no buy, Hergie. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> That's fine. Elder Scrolls are a pretty good game, so I'm okay. Um, like I, I wasn't buying, uh, you know, Skyrim or Oblivion for the dragons, right? It was because they're really good games. So um, I'm good with uh, with whatever they do. I, they, like they've got to have a good reason, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> so no controversy for me. That's fine if, if that is. Oh, you're- but. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we don't know if it's true, right? We don't know if it's accurate, yeah. right? But uh, if it is, like, okay. As long as there's a good reason, I'm sure they'll define that reason, right? Good enough, yeah. right? Yeah. The lore! Skullsy, yeah. no dragons. Uh, what's the merit to this? So I could kind of see it in a, in a couple ways. Bethesda knows that they're held to a, a certain critique 
uh, by the community, people will pick apart the mistakes they make or the choices they make and say they're being lazy with X or Y, they're reusing content. I think one of the biggest reasons they don't want to have dragons in Test 6 is because they don't want it to seem like they're just repurposing dragons from Skyrim. Uh, but I also think that the statement probably meant that dragons won't be one of the main things in the Elder Scrolls 6. I have the feeling there'll probably still be a dragon or two in there. I mean, Bethesda has shown us that they create a gameplay mechanic uh, like the lock picking system back on Fallout 3. And if it just works, uh, Todd Howard, <laughs> they'll continue to use that mechanic. So I don't know why they would make this big system for dragons and giant creatures and all those types of things surrounding that and not utilize it again in the Elder Scrolls 6. Maybe we'll see other yeah. giant creatures and just a lot less uh, dragons. And then also you touched on it. It could be the lore. Uh, maybe because of the ending of Skyrim, the dragons have left or went back into hiding. Uh, but I still kind of have the feeling that we might have at least one dragon in the Elder Scrolls 6 because why not? I mean, why not at least have one Easter egg in there? People like the dragons. You know, it just would seem like a waste to not have, not pay homage to the dragons some way, even if it's just small. I wonder, I mean, we're, we're purely speculating, speculating about the dragons at this point, aren't we, Skullsy? So, mm-hmm. like... There, there does become a point in the amazingness of Skyrim where, where we're like, oh, there's another dragon. I'm going to get some dragon bones, right? That's just what mm-hmm. it boils down to. The first few is crazy. So um, there are so many opportunities to have that big moment. And this is about that big moment, getting out of the vault, coming out, you know, get, coming away from where they're about to chop off your head. Like the, those big moments happen and then you move on. So uh yeah, no dragons. Maybe not. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. We don't know. Let's see. Bethesda uh, Game Studios, Austin and Montreal working on Spy Team. I don't know what this means, Skullsy. What's Spy Team? So Spy Team, a long time ago, uh, this all started when people discovered Starfield's trademark. Uh, ever since then, that's actually one of the things that, that caused me to want to start my channel was looking into trademarks for games. And uh, Spy Team was one of the earlier ones I found. Uh, it's registered to Zenimax, so it could be any one of the different Bethesda developer titles. However, it is classified as a game, has all the same classifications as their other games like Starfield. So Spy Team is something that uh, Zenimax has been paying to refile the trademark for for a number of years now. So it's something that they want to put out there. And Spy Team was also something mentioned by this, this developer, this ex-Bethesda developer when you mentioned earlier in the show that leaked some stuff. He claims Spy Team is a Todd Howard pet project. And uh, mm-hmm. if that's the case, that doesn't align up necessarily with what I heard about the game and also uh, what's said uh, in this. Because I heard that uh, Spy Team, or at least part of my educated speculation is spy team is indeed a bethesda game studios austin project uh, before bethesda game studios austin was a bgs studio they were Battlecry studios and they're working on a game called Battlecry, which was essentially a hero shooter uh, similar to like an overwatch title uh, that got abandoned and canceled when they were purchased by bethesda however if they have all these assets all these different uh, gameplay mechanics and stuff set up for a game like that spy team just on name alone and the timing of the trademark seems like it aligns with Bethesda Game Studios Austin. It seems like it would be uh, a hero shooter, uh, maybe with objectives that each team can try to accomplish before the other team, while also trying to kill the other team. That's the vibe I get from the game. Uh, it would make sense for it to be a BGS Austin and Montreal title. Uh, Montreal is kind of a big support studio uh, for Bethesda. They float around uh, and help on different projects. They play tested Starfield for a bit. In fact, they probably still are. 
but Spy Team is something that we have yet to get any official confirmation or even tease about, but it's something that behind the scenes Bethesda keeps finding the trademark for. So we're probably mm-hmm. going to hear about it at some point soon. And if we're starting to get leaks regarding Spy Team now, uh, like before the E3 season, I, we might hear about it this year. Okay. Okay. Um, the the next one is really big. Um, before I, t- I take it to Skolzy, I'll just drop this one in front of Hargeet because I, I don't know if Hargeet has seen some of this stuff. Because famously, Hargeet's not on Twitter, so that automatically makes him a very happy human being. Hargeet, the next leak that Skolzy put in his original post was a Mandalorian MMO from ZeniMax Online. Hey, it's a possibility. <laughs> um, well, what would you expect to see if it was a Mandalorian MMO? What could that be? Well, I, it's an interesting point of like, like, so you're you're supposed to be alone, right? So I don't know if it's like, how do you do an MMO with that? Um, Bunch but of Mandos running around. It, it could be. <laughs> it could also be that you're. It's like, uh, was it Evolve? Was the game where you're, you're like the monster versus the four people? It could be something like that, where you're one side and you're, you know, the, the other players are the other side. That's a possibility. I don't know, right? So, but it could be that you're also in a squad. Like Mandalorians weren't just always at least like you. You do have that potential. Again, it doesn't have to be based on the TV show. It could be just based in any any part of the Star Wars, you know, universe. And so it could be further along somewhere, wherever, right? So, um, so it is a possibility. Like Maybe in, you are in squad, like in that time period when Boba Fett and Mandalorian and uh, <clears throat> what if you that took place after Return of the Jedi, like not long after is when that time period is in the Star Wars universe? Yeah, there was like the that. um, what's the the Rebels, right? That was the the little cartoon show. Um, and they uh-huh. actually did a lot with the Mandalorian stuff, right? So, and so they actually had like their own like families and stuff like that, and they all you know, you know uh, fought together, right? So, there's a potential that there was that you know, that that's what they're going after. Um, so you you might have like a faction of Mandalorians, and that might be the, you know what they're what they're doing. Um, so I don't know. I don't. It could be you know something along that you know along those lines. That's a like Fillmore uh, Pocket says. Mandalorians are an entire nation. There was a squad in the first season that was cool. So like you're both kind of touching on ex- at the exact same time that it could be based on the Mandalorian. Uh, well, I don't know what you call them. They're they're. What would be the word, Skullzy, for the Mandalorians? What do they call themselves? A, uh, I don't, I can't think of the word. Not quite a faction, but like a conglomerate. Maybe that sounds like a. Business. There's a word. No, there's a, a question no, right there. On the, help me out, chat. Like, what would you? The Mandalorian. They're they're a. It's not a clan. What do they call themselves? Help me out, guys. Maybe houses. Uh, houses. Them. Houses. Yeah, houses is a good word. Son of Sun yeah. says. Yeah. But you guys know what I'm getting at. So, Skolzy, what is the validity of this? What do you think it could possibly be? Is it a lie? <laughs> so this one is another one of those things to where there's rumor, there's been rumors about this beforehand, right? I believe even last year there were rumors of a, of a Mando uh, game. Um, maybe not necessarily a Mando MMO. Uh, however, th- th- these rumors definitely have persisted for a minute. And we do know that ZeniMax Online Studios are confirmed to be working on something. They even have said so themselves that they will announce 
uh, this next big project they're working on soon. Uh, and another thing we need to take in consideration here is uh, last year, ZeniMax Online Studios put up a job posting for a vehicle specialist who they're trying to hire a developer that would be able to uh, focus and specialize in uh, developing the NPC-controlled and player-controlled vehicles in this next AAA uh, MMO game or online game, whatever Zoss is considering it. So we got to take into consideration what games would be a big online game and would have not only player-controlled vehicles, but plenty of NPC-controlled ones as well, to the point to where they need to hire vehicle special specialists. Uh, a space game seems like that would fit the bill more so than a game set in, like, a modern city where you can drive cars. Uh, while that would be valid, space yeah. seems like it would be a better setting for this type of thing. And then if we look at ZeniMax Online Studios, one interesting thing is it seems like their only confirmed game so far, The Elder Scrolls Online, is an online equivalent to a Bethesda Game Studios project, right? Zoss didn't have yeah. anything to do with uh, Beth uh, Bethesda Game Studios Austin and Fallout 76. They did help a little bit, uh, but that leaves Starfield up in the air. And this is something I thought previously to this, this leak that was posted. Maybe ZeniMax Online Studios is working on a Starfield MMO that will be launched like five years from now uh, when Starfield starts to lose the hype a bit. But that almost doesn't make sense to me either. This, this Mando seems like it would be the missing piece that kind of fits this this project the best. Uh, there's been some concept art posted from a Zenimax online or a Zoss concept artist uh, that is space themed as well. So uh -huh. it's another strange scenario to where it lines up with other rumors. But again, it's one of those things that we can't put the verification tag uh, on. But it does yeah. line up with the rumors that Bethesda is using up some more licenses that they have at their disposal. And Indiana Jones is another perfect example of this. So perhaps that lends a little bit more uh, credibility to this Mando MMO thing. Yeah, it also lines up with, I had heard rumors last year that maybe the Coalition was working on a Mandalorian or a Star Wars uh, IP game right now. So this, like I said before the show, if you're, if you're watching, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for your support. I, I should say... The chat is filling in with some hilarious plays on what the Mandalorians are, uh, saying that they're Manda bros or whatever. But guild was the word that I thought was the best one. A lot of you wrote that in the oh, chat. Okay. And if you're listening after the fact, this show is on Spotify, Google, Pocket Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast platforms on Anchor, where you can just check it out and listen to audio only. So if you're audio only, we wanted, and you're sitting there listening to the show, thank you so much. And if you're yelling with your earbuds on, like, Guild, man, it's Guild. Where you know it might have been the, the the top word in the survey for what the Mandalorian's in. Not that it matters, but thank you so much. We've got over 530 likes. We're at about 900 people watching. A lot of people are saying they could be a creed, um, but yeah, this does. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That's kind of why we're talking about this. The next one on Skullzy's list is that there is a reboot to Quake in the talks, and this is something. Once I played Doom 2016, I knew that it had to take Quake and modernize it and give it the care and treatment they did to Doom in 2016. Uh, I'll go to Hargeet since he's uh, he's had to kind of wait it out for a second. Hargeet, what do you think? What do what do we need to see from a Quake reboot? Um, well, it's an interesting question, right? So how long has it been since we've had Quake? It's been, it's been a while, hasn't it? Um, yep. So if they give it the same treatment as they did with Doom, I, I think, you know, they could do like, and Quake last thing was like, was it Quake Arena or something like that? that, that it was a big multiplayer thing, right? Um, so, I mean, so I, 
it could be that, right? I mean, it could be something like that's very multiplayer focused. I mean, Doom originally wasn't very multiplayer. It was it was a, a storyline, and then they had like they had the multiplayer capability as well, uh, but it was not like that was the focus. So maybe that is what they're looking at. Uh, we don't. I, I I don't know what else to really think about that, right? So I think that's what Quake. I'm guessing will do um, to have a more multiplayer focused equivalent of what they did with Doom, uh, newer engine, newer you know capabilities. So that's what I'm guessing. But yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't like my brain kind of cranks thinking about what they can do with Quake because I remember playing that when it came out and I'm like, oh man, this is so much better than Doom when it just did so much more. What are the validity? What's the validity behind a Quake reboot? Skullsy, have you checked this against Jason Schreier and these other people who are hopping, uh, you know, <laughs> pushing you, <laughs> pushing you down and yelling at you about, uh, you're not an insider. I'm an insider like that. Right. Even though I'm like, I never said I was one. Why are you hitting me? <laughs> no, uh, the Quake reboot, I think personally, I think this one has some validity to it because Doom Eternal did so well. Doom 2016 did well too, but Doom Eternal showed that there's an interest in these old original uh, first-person shooter IPs being rebranded in a modern way. And Quake originally started, uh, a lot of people who have played recent Quakes don't know this, but uh, yeah, it was a single-player story-focused game. It had the multiplayer elements in it, too, uh, that eventually took the prime focus, and we, we got like Quake Arena as the main, uh, the new Quake identity, just an online shooter thing. But I think that if they took the same dynamics they did with Doom Eternal, and they kind of threw in uh, the Quake storyline and added a multiplayer element to it, that that would be pretty well-received right now. And I think that they did a litmus test of this, when they uh, rebooted or remastered whatever they did with the previous Quake, whatever uh, buzzword is associated with it, remastered the earlier Quakes and released them, uh, they, they actually got some success with that. People played those games. People streamed those games. And I think that this particular leak has some validity to it also in terms of that uh, id studios in uh i think i think it's denmark somewhere in germany they have a location right now that's that's been focusing on making a new next gen uh, fps engine for years now so what better way to associate this this new engine and to release this new engine than by rebranding an old ip uh, by by bringing quake back and taking the more uh, nightmarish uh, elements of the old story focused quake games and kind of giving them that Doom Eternal vibe, the Doom Eternal quick shooter action, just with a bit more of a, a darker horror-themed aspect. Because that's essentially what the, the earlier Quake games were. They were they were a lot more, I guess, on the horror and the scary side of things than, than Doom was. You had uh, just a whole bunch of different monsters, like spider monsters that you could hear breathing through walls and skittering about as they tracked you. The game was pretty good, and I would love to see a reboot. I think that uh, someone on Reset Era tried to say that they don't think this is possible some other insider named nate there's so many of these insiders I lo I, i've lost track of them but they, they they seem to think that this rumor isn't isn't true but i think it's a i think it's an inevitability just based on uh the quake reboots the quake remaster whatever it was okay. and just the ip in general yeah and special nick in the chat says that he's been taught they've been talking about the quake reboot for about a year on their podcast so it's just something that I mean, even if you didn't know or you didn't hear something or got like a leak, like it's just something that makes sense. Something what the fans have been asking for. And when you see a remaster, you know, something's cooking. And I tried the remaster just felt too dated for me. I tried to play it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was great at the time, but mm -hmm. some things get a little too old, uh, certain types of games. Let's see. Hargeet. The next one is the, Elder Scrolls and Fallout remasters. 
being yeah. worked on by in exile who are busy working on a steampunk fallout like rpg so <laughs> i mean in exile has been building up their team i think they're two to three hundred people maybe 200 yeah what is what do you think about them working on remasters of Fallout and Elder Scrolls older games? Um, I mean, I would love that, right? So, um, you know, the original Elder Scrolls game and you know one and two, um, I never played those. Uh, and three, um, I started that, and I, you know, the problem with that game, I think it didn't have like a quest log, and so you you pick up something like I remember something about this, but where the heck do I have to? Go? So you have to like journal everything yourself, and I'm like at least I think that was what it was, Elder Scrolls, so like, or I mean, uh, Elden yeah. Ring, yeah, yeah, and and so I'm like, okay, you know what? I I kind of gave up halfway through. Um, so I would love to have like a modernization of that, right? And uh, be able to play uh, those, you know, those older games. Uh, especially one, two, and three. I don't know if they're looking at, at doing those. Um, four, is, you know, is not terrible. The 360, you know, is it's not terrible. Um, it could still use, you know, some some modern mechanics, whatnot. But uh, but at least one, two, and three, if they could do that. Uh, same with Fallout, right? So Fallout one, two, like that. Inexile made one, correct? Is that is that what, they're the ones who made it? Yeah, they were interplay back then. They made yeah. two, I think. I mean, they think they made Fallout two. Yeah, and yeah. so. Like so, yeah. Potentially having them do some of this would be interesting. Uh, however, to your point, what teams are doing that? Right? They have, I guess, two teams, but they have two games they're working on, right? So I don't like. Yeah, I don't know. Work- if- no, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, no. So just uh, that would be the, the question: is like, are, are they just getting more, or is it like, hey, they're um, hiring like uh, like we have with the initiative? They're offloading it to another company, but in Exile is kind of running it. That's another potential, right? I don't know, but. Um, but if it's in house, I mean, that could make sense. They could do an over oversight, yeah, like right, and they're just running on, it on that project. But um, it just makes me wonder: like, are they going to just kind of put controller support on it, get it kind of tightened, yeah, you know, make, make it a little know, sharper? I hope. It's I a would remake. actually. I want it to be a remake because I want it like like older games. Like, come on, those are really old games, right? I want them to be like more modernized, have a reboot type of thing of those original games, so we can play those stories in a modern uh you know engine right so um i, I that's what i hope they do <laughs> but yeah okay, that sounds really enough. good to me <laughs> I, i'm, I'm with you on that i'm with you i would actually like to experience those games because they came out at a time when i wasn't uh a core gamer yeah. as much it took me a while to get back in but Skullzy, what do you think is the validity of these remasters is an is in exile working on it is this a what's going on so this is another thing that apparently people have picked up on uh, at some point over the last year or so, because I remember Ryan McCaffrey from IGN uh, actually asking Todd Howard this specific question, would you be willing to let some of these uh, other studios maybe remaster some of the older fallouts or even make a new one? And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> excuse me, but Todd Howard seemed to respond in, this, in an interesting way. He either responded because he didn't like the question, because he took it personally, thinking that Bethesda shouldn't have to license Fallout out, or maybe he seems yes. surprised that he was being questioned about it uh, because he kind of shut it down real quick. Um, in terms of the remaster validity, I think it almost would be a waste of these titles that are already made that people already love to not remaster them uh, to some capacity, especially now that Microsoft uh, owns Bethesda and, and these these IPs and all these old interlay IPs. It's It almost would be like, hey, do you want to print money today? No? Oh, all right. Okay, that's weird. Like, <laughs> uh in Exile, though, a good, you guys have brought up a great point. They, they seem to have their hands full, right? 
Um, so how are they going to yeah. go about doing this? Are they just going to oversee it? Are they going to take a small team to do this? Uh, or, or what would the plan be with this? I think that the most likely scenario with this is whoever happens to be working on it, whether it's an exile or some of the contract, I think they would release these games in a pack. I think it would be like uh, the old Bethesda Gold collection with with maybe Fallout One, Fallout Two, uh, Oblivion, and Morrowind, and, and whatever else they can happen to cram in there. I don't think this would be something they release one at a time, uh, because while that would work, it just seems like it would be better for this to be like an all-in-one uh, kind of like a uh, thing. You can Classic editions. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like that. That's good. Uh, Risk it for the biscuit. Thank you so much for the eight dollar australian dollar super chat i don't know if you're still here uh this one was a little while ago but he said i waited 18 years for fable so three years doesn't seem terrible sorry to go off topic great show skullsies <laughs> he wrote here is always on point mostly ah risk it <laughs> and jonas the dad says skullsy the hype is assuming direct control yes uh, my overused catchphrase <laughs> i love that i i love mass effect so much so Me much too. Um, let's see, there's a couple more. Uh, one is that Xbox is shifting, uh, their studios to help chime in and, and help with elder scrolls six. And that there is an elder scrolls strategy for X game. Uh, what, what could that be? Skullsy. Uh, to, to clarify, I think that what the person told me now that I'm looking at the old tweet was that they're just shifting. Mm-hmm. Microsoft is helping Bethesda as a whole with their entire workload, I guess. So even beyond the Elder Scrolls 6, seems like Bethesda wow. is definitely stepping up the plate with how many projects they have going on at once, which it seems apparent just based on LinkedIn profiles and job postings. Uh, but as far as the Elder Scrolls 6 4X game... That's a that's an anomaly, right? This is another one of those rumors I remember hearing about like a year or so ago that just popped up on 4chan somewhere. Uh, but now here it is included in this in this list that I was handed. Uh, so as to what it could be, it could almost be anything because a forex strategy game could be something. Uh, it's obviously grand strategy, what right? So what what is grand strategy in terms of what this could be? It could be like a Elder Scrolls. A Crusader Kings game, an Elder Scrolls uh, Total War game, an Elder Scrolls XCOM game. The potentials for this specific thing are so, so huge that it's almost hard to exactly pinpoint what it could be, right? I would imagine that we already have Crusader Kings 3 uh, with the Elder Kings mod coming out. That seems like that would probably be the best experience uh, that we would get for an Elder Scrolls 4X grand strategy game in terms of like the 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 crusader king style medieval management and rpg uh king type of game so i would think that this might be something that's more like a strategy uh strategy game maybe along the same lines as XCOM. uh maybe you play as as uh as talos or maybe you play as one of the one of the heroes of the older elder scrolls lore and you actually carry out some of these legends uh, in the game that we've read about in the books. Uh, mm-hmm. Bethesda definitely had spinoff games for Elder Scrolls in the past with uh, Shadow Spire and uh, Red Guard. So it might be something like that. They might be seeing the Elder Scrolls franchise and IP as something that's even more profitable now thanks to Skyrim's success. So they might be willing to do some more spinoff games or allowing some of their other studios to do a spinoff game. And that also might yeah. be why Todd Howard didn't like the question, would you be willing to allow some studio to do a spinoff or to take the reins of one of your IPs? He seemed like he was taken aback by this He's question. Like, oh, I still that. go back to that. There's, there has to be reason for that. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, Special Nick said that this is referring to Project Wormwood and our resident 
strategy games expert, Zocker87 from the RDX podcast. One of my good friends says, let me find his clarification. He says, Vorak strategy is more in the vein of something like Warhammer Gladius or Civilization. And he says, mm-hmm. XCOM is a turn-based strategy <clears throat> game. So if it's Forex strategy, <clears throat> excuse me, Zocker is like lasered in on it. And he is all about finding out if that is coming to his hot little hands because I've heard him. I can't shut this guy up about all of the Warhammer and strategy-based games that he, he Age of Empires, you did a review on. Like he loves this stuff. So um, if you need to know how to get through those games, hit up Zocker and his DMs. Hit him up in the DMs. He knows what he's doing. So uh, that is very, very cool. Um, all right. Well, that is like pretty much what Skolzy covered in the tweet, a tweet he deleted, but it's actually really good to sit here and kind of clear the air about stuff we're hearing because sometimes you hear something where there's smoke, there's fire. Sometimes you say something and people are really, really rude. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, I had heard that Microsoft was helping with Dying Light 2. And so I heard either they wanted to buy Techland or they were going to help make the game like they did with Titanfall and have a one-year exclusivity. And boy, does that, that's some hotness you don't want to deal with for sure. Before we get into the next topic, I wanted to take just a moment to talk to you guys about um, my trip to visit with Xbox. A lot of people wanted to ask me what was going on. A couple of years ago, I hit up Aaron Greenberg to uh, Aaron Greenberg and I got to kind of hang out for a little bit during E3 2019. Three years ago, the last E3 we've had and the last one that will ever be. So I got to sit down with my wife and Tim Dog at dinner with Aaron, just talk about life, talk about gaming, talk about the tra- trajectory of where Xbox is going. I kind of point blank, blank uh, asked him if fable was a thing and he made this face and i was like crud i think fable really is a thing so you know these these conversations get it really interesting um he's a very very super nice guy he invited us out to come see their offices and the pandemic hit got canceled so i went this weekend uh brought my family with me and we went to talk to aaron he had lunch with us and i asked him a lot about this bethesda and xbox uh joint game showcase and which we're going to get into in a minute and one of the things i asked aaron and i'll I'll, if you guys have any questions you can kind of drop them in. i'll try to keep an eye on the chat as much as possible uh my mods will kind of try and keep those uh coming to me if they can but i asked him about why you guys are still saying the xbox and bethesda showcase and xbox is very much about letting you know that We are Xbox, and Bethesda is a part of Xbox, but they still have their identity. We want them to make the games that they want to make. And this is me paraphrasing like how Aaron explained it, that Bethesda is going to do what they do best, and we're fully behind them, and we're making the games for this platform, which is Game Pass and on Xbox and PC. So really good things to come. They are heading out very soon to shoot the game showcase thing which is you know uh, people can probably figure that out because we're going to see this thing in about a month and a week i think it is we're doing the math so um i would like to be uh someday involved in something like this that's a a lofty goal but um they're really excited about what's going on also had a breakfast with jeff rubenstein who is one of their main public relations people and reaches out to content creators and the media and we had a really great talk and met one of their meme uh, creators on social media, Stein, who is hilarious. Got to meet him. So um, a really good weekend. And the buzz around Xbox is 
unbelievable right now. The fans, as Xbox is seeing it, the fans are on fire. They are super excited. Xbox is on an upward trajectory. So we got to talk about a few things that I can't talk about here on the show. And it's like some hints about what's to come and what we could see this summer or what we what could happen. Um, but I'm super excited and I know we have a lot to talk about. So now I want to take a chance to talk with Hargeet Chani here of Game On Daily and Skolzy from his YouTube channel, Skolzy TV, to talk about what we expect and predict to see at the Xbox game show. Um, I'll I'll try to take a an, uh, look at some of the questions as we go on. Sour Blow asks, what can we expect from Alpha Dog and Roundhouse Studios? Well, Roundhouse, we covered earlier, could possibly be working on a Marvels game. Uh, Skolzy, what's Alpha Dog doing? They're mostly a mobile studio. Yeah, they're mostly a mobile studio. Um, they've they've also been kind of quiet lately. We know that they uh, during the Microsoft acquisition, uh, they hired more people and they increased their studio size. Uh, and they've been working on something again. We just we just don't know what. I believe Pete Hines hinted uh, or name dropped Alpha Dog as, as another one of their groups working on something. Uh, the only thing I can think it might be, um, and this kind of goes off of the Spy Team trademark discovery. Right along the same time, Spy Team was filed as a trademark. Another game was filed called Giant Monster News, and Giant Monster News again, like Spy Team, is refiled over and over by Zenimax. So it's something that they want to own the rights to, which makes me believe it's something that is also ongoing right now. And Giant Monster News is such a weird name; like I don't even know how to begin to explain what this could be, <laughs> just just based on speculation. But it seems like it's more along the lines of a mobile game, right? Which would fit Alpha Dog. So if I had to, if mm-hmm. I had to make a guess, I think Alpha Dog is working on whatever uh, giant monster news happens to be. And we might get this giant monster news this year uh, at the Summer Games Fest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we don't have time to dive into both events, like what Xbox is going to do and what Xbox might hold for Summer Games Fest. That's like a whole other can of worms. I'm super excited about it. Hargi, let's uh, give me a couple games that you are very confident you've done your research, my man. What are you very confident we're going to see? Don't say Starfield. Come on, we know we're going to see Starfield. Yeah, Hargi, what are we, <laughs> what are we going to? Give me a couple games you think we're going to see and give us a little elaboration on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope we're close on something like Hellblade, uh, but we'll see. Uh, I, I mean. It's probably obvious Forza is going to be there, right? It's got to be, uh, whether it's coming okay. out this fall or even if it's coming out in the spring, this is the show show to put it out, right? To say this is coming. Uh, my guess is it'll come out in September, but um, but so that I would guess that that's going to be there. Um, look, they said Redfall is coming this uh, this summer, right? And we haven't seen a thing, so my guess, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's about time. Um, you know what I, I don't think is going to be there, and we, you know, we expect the game to drop on Xbox, is Deathloop. I don't know that the marketing rights allow them to even put it on their own showcase. So it might be an interesting thing where they can't tell you that that game is going to come out this fall on Xbox because it's a Sony marketing deal, right? So, um, But we should expect the game, right? It should theoretically come out uh, in the fall, right? So, <laughs> But well, we'll see. Uh, so I don't think that'll be there. Um, so I think those are kind of ones that I'd, I'd see. I, and, you know, there's probably other third-party deals. Like, I think they're going to take that, um, uh, what was the uh, Outriders? There's a DLC coming uh, that I think they might throw into Game Pass. And I think that'll be uh, showcased and announced. That'll be a guess, because I think it comes out end of June, I think, something like that. Uh, so that might be something that they throw in as a Game Pass announce. Um, and then 
what would be really awesome this is just a you know uh my, my uh like <laughs> awesome uh dream uh, option they can't do hogwarts right because that's a sony uh, marketing deal they can't do that yeah but yeah. two other games coming from warner and there's no reason they couldn't be marketing one of those right so there's um gotham knights and there's uh Gollum, right and oh yeah i forgot about Gollum. <clears throat> pick one of those and throw that dan dayton game pass that would be please that would be such a fantastic announce right uh you know make that deal happen that would be so cool another big massive fall game that would come out on uh game pass right so um so that, that would be something i'd, I'd like just to see <laughs> okay okay Skullsy, what else is coming to the game showcase if you had to bet your life on the <laughs> on the accuracy of it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, what do you think? What do you think is going to make it? So, I obviously we know Starfield is going to be there. I think Starfield is going to be front and center uh, for most of it. But I, I how also much time believe... are they giving Starfield Skullsy? What's what's your educated guess? Uh, what's my educated guess on on, on what we'll see from on Starfield? how how much time they'll give it? On oh, the show. I think we'll get at least twenty minutes. I think uh, the, I can kind of already quickly. I'll paraphrase exactly what I think we'll see. We'll see Todd Howard on stage with his legendary Indiana Jones style leather jackets. He'll talk about Starfield <laughs> and how the team has been working on this for so many years and put a lot of uh, hype and love into this game. And then they'll show us maybe a bit of the character creation and they're going to show us walking around, interacting with NPCs in the building. And then we'll get our first step out moment because Todd Howard said there's two step out moments in Starfield. We'll get our first step out moment where he steps out into the world and we see the alien world, whatever world that happened to show us oh. in the showcase we'll see a little bit of questing some combat maybe some vehicle stuff on the surface of the planet but the way the showcase will end and this will kind of be a big tease is we'll get into the spaceship manually start it up take off just as we fly into space and just as we get out into the into the cosmos and see the planet fade under underneath us the showcase will end and that's where they'll leave us and uh Woo. that hype will then drive the rest of the interviews and uh, pre-release trailers up until November. And that's the main thing I think we'll see for Starfield. I think it'll be a good 20 minutes, maybe even longer if we're lucky, but it's going to be a big old showcase, just like the, the Fallout 4 gameplay showcase reveals of old uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That was amazing. And you you illustrated it so well. I felt like we were at the show for a minute there, didn't you, Hargeet? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, all right, so we... Hargy, how are you feeling about Hellblade? You, you mentioned Hellblade, and people write in the ch- in the chat like it might be time. You think they're going to show us some combat this year and say the game's coming? Yeah, my out? only concern is that Hellblade has been like primarily showcased at the um, Game Awards, and I it might be that that is like something they want to push there to get the audience that isn't just Xbox, right? So they might want to leave that reveal for that awards show. I, so that that would be the potential where it wouldn't be there. I think it should be getting close to ready, right? So, um, you know, we'll see if they can pull it off, but uh, I think it should be getting close to ready. Hopefully it's not fall next year, but sometime between now and the next June, I think it should hopefully come out, right? So so let's say it's like, you know, February or something like that. Uh, That could be a potential for them. And that's why I also think it might be in the game, uh, the game awards instead, but... (laughs) But we'll see. Okay, so th- there are quite a few games that are kind of long overdue to be <laughs> showcased either with a better trailer, like a bigger trailer, or gameplay. One, uh, A couple of them are Perfect Dark and Fable. What are the chances, Skullsy, that we see Fable or Perfect Dark? Are those out of the cards? I kind of have my opinions made up there. on this one. 
I, I think, think so, Fable's huh? going to be there for sure. Uh, Perfect Dark is is, is is an anomaly. I'm not sure. It might be another year uh, for that one. But I have the really good mm-hmm. feeling Fable's going to be there and Avowed, too. Uh, I, I think uh, yeah. somebody, it might be Jez Corden, said he heard that both of those will be there as well. Uh, but, I mean, we saw the first Fable teaser trailer long ago enough that I think it's enough time that we'll get some kind of update, especially with Playground Games being so successful with Forza Horizon. They did a great job building that world, and I just kind of want to see how they can take that same uh, that same like creative mindset into the Fable universe as well. So I think definitely yeah. we'll see some Fable. Yeah, the um, Avowed thing's interesting because around the time of the last Game Awards, Jez Corden said that he had seen the gameplay. It wasn't quite ready, but I think he said something like, you could see how it could almost make it to the Game Awards, but it probably won't. So Skullsy's on to something that a year later, it could be ready to be showcased. Now, I did talk to Aaron about how I confirmed with him, because he told me this back in 2019, that their MO is to show gameplay within one year of release. So if you see gameplay at, at E3, I guess we'll call it at E3, that you can expect the game will be released before the next E3. And that's kind of what they try to do. Big cinematic trailer one year, the next year gameplay, and then 12 months after that or anytime before, they should be ready. If there isn't a delay, they should be ready to release. So I am also with, the, with these guys. Avowed is going to make in appearance and uh hargeet i know you love to talk about graphics but what do you expect to see graphically with avowed compared to our memory of of skyrim uh well of skyrim wow i mean we already saw the Get trailer. Into photo mode <laughs> yeah right photo mode with i me. mean you, you, lo- you know, that trailer was beautiful right so the, mm-hmm. the you know the avowed trailer assuming it's anything like that um you know it should look pretty good uh but I mean that is kind of also a lot for uh, Obsidian, right? They 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 their last game was Outer Worlds, right? And that was not exactly a graphical showpiece. It was good. It looked good, but it wasn't like very pretty. Nice. Very pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, if it's anything like the trailer, which I don't think it will be, but if it's anything like the trailer, it'll look really really good because that trailer was just ridiculous. It was really really nice. Um, yeah, just says so. that about is like skyrim with like lots of color injected into it so yeah. I, I you we can expect right uh Skullsy, we can kind of expect to see a middle ground of um realism and color splash somewhere between skyrim and outer worlds art style maybe that's i just picture skyrim very very colorful with lots of colorful spells and stuff like that so that's yeah, uh, very would, very cool i would say yeah more of a high fantasy sorry if you can hear my cat meowing in the background he wants more food that he's not going to get uh, but no i would think about <laughs> would be like shout out to everybody with family. cats and dogs in the chat who are are starving right now we feel yeah funny. he's already had his dinner i don't know what he wants maybe he wants some skooma i don't know <laughs> but no i think about would definitely be because the outer worlds was colorful right it was a beautiful game a beautiful mm-hmm. world lots yeah. of different coloration and also that little interjection of that old interplay humor I feel like we might get some of that in the Outer Worlds because there's some developers uh, on Obsidian who were back, uh, who were during, oh, my cat, who were who were, who were part of Interplay during the original creation of the uh, Fallout games. Uh, so I would imagine, yeah, it would be kind of like a high fantasy, colorful version of Skyrim that maybe doesn't take itself as seriously. Yeah, that might be super good. I'm super excited about that um let's see I, i'm thinking off the top of my head because i have to build a video about this and 
Honestly, so, I mean, uh, chat, I'm like really intimidated and uh, nervous about making this video because there is a ton. I know we've all been through what if they show this? What yeah. if they have something like this in the works? But we're really literally at the point, and I see the chat writing that they're so pumped right now for where Xbox is landing this year and just directly after uh, this, this big gaming event yeah. that there is so just for me to sit down and start writing this, like, it's nuts, guys. If there's going to be so many, so many games to showcase, um, our boy Randall Thor, he was casually talking in his podcast. He got quoted and written up by articles on the internet from the gaming media, but he said that he had heard from somebody that all of the Xbox Game Studios wanted to chip in and show something at the showcase. And from there, if that's true, right? From there, they have to kind of pick and choose what will become the show. But we are literally at the boiling point, Hargeet, where Xbox is ready to just start yep. bombarding us with games. So um, what, what's one more game that you think might make an appearance? We've, so, covered, uh, we've covered Bethesda. What, what's, 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 well, what's on your mind, Hargeet? Um, if, if that's true, right? <laughs> we have not heard anything. Hold, from, hold on. From- Bifrinaldi says that his cat heard Skullsy's cat. <laughs> <laughs> we can barely hear it so like, like you're on the show relax man like sometimes you hear a kid i don't care i got 19 million kids i got a couple dogs you know sometimes somebody's mowing their lawn at nine o'clock at night it's, it's a show man it's cool yeah. sorry Hargit, go um yeah compulsion i uh we haven't heard of ah. know, anything they've done um what's interesting if if, if they have something to show right um uh, i don't know if they have multiple projects but they have been working on something. Maybe that is something we finally get to see. It's been years, right? They bought them quite a while ago. Uh, maybe they do. Tell have the audience what Compulsion is working on, Hargeet, if they're not uh, keened in. Keyed uh, in. Yeah. So actually, I don't remember what the exacts are. I know they uh, third person. It, yeah, it is a third person game. RPG. And, and was dark it a, a, fantasy. No, it's dark fantasy. Okay. Yeah. Dark fantasy RPG with a female lead character. Is that's all we know. But kind of um, paints a picture. Yeah, right, right. And and hopefully there is something coming with that. Um, the other one is is Double Fine just released Psychonauts 2. And mm-hmm. if they actually had something to show, what the heck would it be? So is it like, hey, you know what? We have a back catalog of stuff and we're going to release yeah. some of that. Or is it, hey, we actually have something already ready to go to give you a trailer for something coming years out? Um, that would be an interesting one, right? Because like they just released a game, and would they really be ready? Because apparently, if if you know Rand is right, they have something to show. Twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, I mean, well, last year. Um, so that'd be interesting to see if they actually have something ready to go. That that'd be very interesting to see. Um, so yeah, there could be something coming from them. Um, now in Exile, uh, maybe they aren't going to show their actual, you know, the, the two main games that we know are you know, coming, but. Maybe this this remaster is what they're ready to show, uh, and that would be what we get from them, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, and Obsidian, you know, they have a bunch of projects, right? So we might be thinking of Vods, the one they show, but there's also like the smaller games that they're looking at. Grounded might be ready to go, um, right? So that could be releasing. Yeah. Um, there's also the uh, what was it called? It was projects. There was like a a game and was it New Orleans or something like that? Right. They were working on a game that was more of like a, a, a detective type game, something like that. If I remember me. Yeah. I saw that in the chat. Let me make sure I didn't miss something. Um, 
Yes, I did. I did. Rich, um, Mar- Marharg, uh, I'm so sorry I missed this chat. Um, he said, Colt, did you ever play Black Sad? And can you suggest a detective game for me? Also, what happened to the sinking city? Um, Hargy, would you recommend the detective game you've been playing? You played on Game Pass. Do you remember? So I've, recommend I've that played Black Sad, which was good. Um, and you know, Chinatown Detective Agency is is not up to the level of uh, graphics as uh, as Black Sad, but there are a couple of other ones that are like that. Um, I'll go find some of the ones that I've played that are kind of like that and say them in the chat later. But uh, or sorry, I just talk about them later. But um, but yeah, that Chinatown Detective Agency is it's pretty good. It requires you to kind of actually go outside of the game and go to Google and actually search yourself for answers. <laughs> so it's an interesting game, right? So the, you know, usually everything's in within game. This requires you to go to the real world and actually go find answers and then use that in the in the game. It's kind of interesting. Twist. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So you were saying uh, when I interrupted you, you were saying <laughs> that In Exile is working on um, a steampunk RPG. Um, yeah, like actually, you've only been working on that like about two years yeah it was it was um i was actually going on to obsidian now right so but you know so i don't know what in exile is going to show it could be that it could be those remasters um and then for obsidian again like, they have so many options that they could be potentially looking at right so they're too busy like they're all games would be what they're they they're probably doing the early concept work for outer worlds 2 the yeah. smaller team is ready to release grounded in full finished complete mode and um avowed is all, probably ready to be seen so skulls does that leave anything else uh that from the xbox game studios that we might be missing are we going to see this is right up your alley are we going to see the famed indiana jones at this game showcase in 2022 you know, I kind of want to say yes. Uh, Indiana Jones is another one of those things that was announced a while ago again, so it's time that we could get an update on it. And also, something I was this is separate from the, the Twitter leak that I posted, but I did hear that they're further along on this game than you'd expect. Uh, so if that's true, then yeah, I would definitely expect another trailer uh, for Indiana Jones, maybe telling us exactly what this game is even supposed to be, because all we saw was like 30 seconds of Indiana Jones's uh, like gear on a table, right? We didn't really get any gameplay information. Is is this going to be an action game? Is this going to be like a, right. a dungeon exploring game? Like, what is this? What 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 time period does this take place in Indiana Jones's timeline? Uh, I think we're actually going to get some I know. of those answers this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I dug into this. I did a video that I put out the day of the game showcase announcement that um, not a lot of people checked out compared to, Oh, anyway, I guess it didn't get a, a lot of a hundred million people didn't watch it, but Skolzy to answer your question, the game takes place in 1937, which puts it one year after the very first movie, uh, Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and the Lo- lost Ark. Why does that sound w- weird when I say that? <clears throat> what's the, what's the name of the first movie? The Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, geez, I missed I, when I didn't say the word Raiders. I totally got f- messed up. So apparently, it looks like they, they, he has a ticket. He has a plane ticket, an old plane ticket mm-hmm. that I blew up uh, from a screenshot. I recreated it in my graphics program, redrew the thing so you could actually read most of it, and it says that he's headed to Rome in 1937. So what you can glean from that is that you will travel around Europe or wherever. Uh, as Indiana Jones does, it takes place a year after the first movie. So it's it's not old Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, and it's not uh, River Phoenix for you uh, 
you Gen Xers, you know what I'm talking about. It's not young Indiana Jones. As far as we know, unless it kind of spans. Oh, I don't know what to expect from it, Scully. I don't know. Is it going to be first person? Answer me this last question before we <laughs> move on. Is it going to be first person or is Machine Games going to step, move the camera back and relax and make it a third person action adventure game? I think it's going to be both. I think that the game, because Todd Howard is attached to it, it's going to have an open world element to it. I think the player is going to get to the, the choice to where they want to travel, what they want to investigate uh, next. Uh, certain elements of it will be first person where you're interacting with maybe uh, investigating uh, mysteries by talking and interviewing people. But I think that a lot of the, the dungeon aspect or the ruins, the tombs aspect, that kind of thing might be third person. Because you, uh, you think of an action game uh, like what, Indiana Jones would be doing like swinging on vines, climbing stuff, jumping across stuff, running from boulders. That seems like that would be better acclimated for a third person experience. Uh, but Todd Howard's attached to it. He loves first person games. He loves immersion. So I kind of think we're going to get the best of both worlds, in my opinion. All right. Hargy, do you think we're going to see Indiana Jones this year? They're going to make us wait with not all in the dark. Um, it would certainly be a good, uh, show to, to put on, right. To, to have Indiana Jones. Uh, I mean, it's possible. Um, I, I don't know how far along they are. Right. So they have already shown us the teaser trailer, right? So that already happened. It would now be gameplay. So is it, is it ready for gameplay? Um, it might be, it might be, it would be an interesting one to add. And that would be a good, like, I know you were saying, suppose that with the end might be uh starfield. That could be a great end. Right, just just throw it da, 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 and like start. <laughs> yeah, that would be a fantastic. But but you know, I, I don't know. It's a it's a potential, but I don't know if they're ready for that. The other interesting point would be: would they want to put it in that, or put it in something like the Summer Game Fest or whatever the Keeley Show, or into uh, the Game Awards? Because that one's going to attract more than just the Xbox fan, right? It is definitely going to be a, an open. Everybody knows this stuff. Let's get as many fans over as, as we can. Uh, so mm-hmm. they might want to showcase it in one of those kind of um, shows instead. So that might be something that shows up in, I'm assuming there's going to be a summer games fest equivalent, right? So uh, Keeley's going to yeah. do something, right? And that'll probably be a couple of days later or something like that. Um, so I'm going to assume that's probably what happens that that'd show up there if it's going to show up, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's way too much and just diving into what could be at the showcase and then thinking about, two pretty big things that they got to hold over. Like that's going to be, that's going to be the difficult part. We're going to sit on that Sunday and we're going to watch that showcase. And then we're going to think, Oh crud, there's a couple things they left out. What are they going to show at summer games fest? It's going to be, uh, it is, we're going to be going crazy. I'm super excited. This is the XC podcast. I'm the host Cole Eastwood. I'm trying to run a show. I'm doing the best I can. The chat's amazing. We've had uh, over 800 and 900 people watching the show. I appreciate it so much. And big shout out to Hargit Chani of game on daily for being here to give his expertise, his opinion and his, uh, his infectious laugh and Skolzy from YouTube to hear, here to talk us. And he's given us so many gems I learned a lot tonight, Skolzy. Some of the details that I've completely missed, some stuff that you've heard that I have not heard in reports about Bethesda. It's been amazing. This is the opportunity where these guests get to give a big brag. We're going to get people over to your channels or over to where you are so you can follow. Hargeet, thank you so much. You're a great friend. I really appreciate it. I reached out to you last night. We talked. I said, I've got Skolzy on. I don't know the guy. Um, I-, I would love to have you here. I think you do great with him. <laughs> And uh, Skolzy ended up uh, exceeding expectations. But Hargeet, I'm so 
so uh what's the word privilege to have you on my oh, show <laughs> it, it's um I, I do this show now i'm coming up I think in two more shows or the next show, I hit my one year mark of the show and it's given me an opportunity to meet great content creators and people in the industry and people in the community. Hargit, you're one of them. Tell them where they can find you, where they can see your write-ups and your, and your video content that you're working with Gaz and Asa from game on daily. Um, Tell us all about it. Yeah. So uh, gameondaily.com, definitely go there and uh, we will have stuff up there. And then uh, on the game on daily uh, YouTube channel, uh, we'll be putting up my videos as well as uh, Gaz's famous sauce videos. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Asa does streaming as well. So check it all out. Right. So <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And you're not on social media. So um, I will get the game on daily site over there and YouTube channel in the description. But I already have the next guy, Skolzy. Uh I was nervous to ask you on the show because, you know, you got, you had to deal, we all have to deal with some type of outfall. You hand it like a pro. Uh, today on the show, you're fantastic. I love that you put yourself out there. You give people as much information about games. They're super hyped so they can dig into all this. You've done such a great job. I'm very happy to have you on the show. I think you did a phenomenal job, bro. So tell everybody about your channel, um, what, what you have, what is, what's the content you're working on and, and tell them where to find it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me on. It's been awesome. A pleasure to meet both of you. Uh, had a great time. Always fun to discuss uh, Bethesda and Xbox. Uh, but yeah, I primarily talk about Bethesda news, Bethesda investigations. I, I branch out a little bit on my channel, Skullzy TV over on YouTube. I'd love it if you, if anyone would subscribe who's listening and isn't subscribed already, www.youtube.com uh, slash Skullzy. Uh, it's been a pleasure here. Uh, stuff I'm working on now, I got a bunch of Starfield deep dive videos. Uh, my xbox and bethesda expectation video where i'll go into detail about everything we should expect from xbox and bethesda and uh, i'm also a, a writer and consultant uh at once lost games working on the wayward realms uh, alongside the original creators of the elder scrolls games elder scrolls universe the og creators back on arena back on daggerfall a talented staff amazing project Dang. and you can check me out uh, uh over on twitter as well at skullsy tv uh, so yeah thank you again for bringing me on it's been awesome Fantastic! I had a really good time. Uh, I was telling the moderators and the uh, on the other chat, like these guys are great. Like I'm having such a good time. Thank you everybody for coming here and checking out the show and showing your support. We have over almost 630 likes. That really means a lot. You guys really power the show and the chat. Thank you so much. You add so much and answers and yep. Colt. You know, know what you're talking about. Thank you so much. We got one more super from Jonas the Dad. He says, "Awesome to see Chani and Skullzy on X and C." Guys, I mean, I just thank you until everybody just leaves the chat. But thank you so much. This has <laughs> been the X and C podcast. This is the Xbox one more, newscast. One more thing. Well, um, one more so thing. Somebody wanted the Black Sad equivalents. Um, Chicken Police, uh-huh. very similar. So whoever wanted that, uh, Chicken Police, paint it red. Try that out. And, of course, they just recently released Sherlock Holmes, Chapter 1, and uh, Agatha Christie, Hercule Poirot. Um, so try those. Uh, but Chicken Police is very, very similar to Black Sad. Chicken police? Chicken police, yeah. You won't hear that on many shows. And, and, and animal detectives, basically, right? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna check, you know, Hargy, he he does dive into the in those crazy games and he has a yeah. good time. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, this is the X and C podcast, which is the Xbox newscast show. It, it runs live on the YouTube channel for Cole Eastwood. That's me at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And also with timestamps on demand on YouTube and also uploaded to Spotify 
Google, Apple Podcasts, and a couple other platforms. Check it out, or you can get the link on Anchor. I put that up on Twitter. You guys have been fantastic. Thanks for hitting the like button on the way out. I'm going to let these two gentlemen relax, take a breath. Uh, they've been under the under the hot seat and the hot lights for too long. Thank you so much for checking out the show. We're going to hit the uh, we're no longer live button. You guys have been amazing. Skullsy, thank you so much. Thank you. Hargeet, I'll see you on Xbox Live later, right? Yep. <laughs> always, you guys are awesome. All right, we'll see you.